<laughs> Hello there. Welcome to the other ground live. Good afternoon. This is Passive J. I fucked that all shit up. <laughs> How you guys doing today? That's right. It is Saturday, January 16th. We have just finished a three hour long fight companion and we are surging on to the regular show. So uh, I hope you guys are having a great Saturday. I see the OG army is forming up in the chat box. Glad to have you guys along. Give me just a moment or two. I did a hit of wax literally seconds before the show started. So <clears throat> I am still coffee and wheezy and uh, Thelma and Louisey as well. But that's, that's another story. So if you give me just a moment to recover, we will be along our merry way. Oh, uh, let's see. Uh, obviously, the thing to talk about is all the fights that just happened. Uh, but we've talked about that a lot in the fight companion. So we'll just say they were awesome and move on. If you guys feel like you want to call in to talk about them, that's fine. But I don't have any else thing, anything else to say about it myself. All right. Oh, let's see. Um, shit, it was supposed to be leg day today and I never did shit. It's hard to get motivation for doing the leg day because it's so ineffective. Um, until I see a doctor and about probably getting that hernia fixed. It's going to be hard to find different ways to uh, work the legs out since the weight training is not really being able to do it. Uh, but I'm still going to do all the other weight training stuff, like the deadlifts the best I can, and obviously the chest and arms and all that good stuff. Um, it's just frustrating to have the entire routine not work out well. What is not frustrating is I got a new hat. I know. As I've told you guys before, if I do something, uh, I don't do it in moderation. Uh, so I have bought my second hat. I ordered this, uh, a, a week or two ago though, actually the same day that I bought my first hat because I decided I would need a winter weather hat as well, because my uh, fancy new hat, uh, the first one was wool. And while it keeps you warm, uh, you don't really want to get it super wet. A little bit of rain is not a big deal, but like a lot of rain or a lot of snow, that kind of thing is probably a bad idea. So at the same time I had gotten that, I also went ahead and bought a, a leather trilby hat, which uh, came in today. I was ecstatic. Um, <clears throat> I know you guys can't see, but I just reached over and I'm going to put the hat on now. And whoops, got to move my headphones. <laughs> All right. Now I have the uh, hat on. I'm sure you can tell how much cooler I sound, right? It's, it's, it's amazing. Like the coolness is flowing through me. I'm at least 30% cooler with this hat on than not, not on. Um, what do you think, Sly? Hi, Jay. Hey, what's going on, boss? You saw the picture of the hat, right? What do you think? Uh, uh, I think it was a great choice. Yes. Yeah, the new one, the leather one that, you see that I posted on our super secret group. Yeah, you make me want to go out and buy one, you fucker. I didn't want to spend any money, but I think I, I, I'm seriously considering it. Yeah, I mean, I, like I told you guys the other day, I've always wanted to wear a hat, but I was self-conscious about it. And why be self-conscious about this shit? I feel like I'm old enough to not care anymore. So if I like it, I'm going to buy it and wear it. I don't, I'm not that worried about what other people think of it. It's cool if other people like it as well. I mean, you know, that's always nice. It's always nice to be fashionable and stuff. But I truly shouldn't live my life uh, worried about what other people are thinking, right? My question is, are you going to wear it to work? Uh, yes and no. Obviously, I won't be able to wear any of them inside. Uh, although, briefly inside. Like, I could walk into my office and then take it out, take it off and sit down. But <clears throat> I can't wear it while I'm working inside. But uh, the answer to that is yes. 
the wool one would uh, would look good wearing uh, if I was you know in my suit. Uh, the leather one probably wouldn't look right. So that's definitely a more casual hat. Uh, it's the exact same leather and texture as one of my jackets. So, so uh, I have a like an Eddie Bauer leather jacket. So it goes with that well. I'm not sure if your hat's supposed to match your jacket though. Uh, but once again, don't really care what people think. So it's not a minor. It's not a major factor. Nice. Uh, now, I know you. you happen... I, uh, uh, Go ahead. No, I was just gonna say I know you have cowboy hats. Uh, uh, do you have just the one that you got, or have you got several? Just one. Mm. They had a really cool looking leather cowboy hat at that uh, at Henry the Hatters. I was like, ooh, I bet you that's pricey though. You know, a really nice leather cowboy hat. Yeah, I I actually wanted to get one of those hard cases for it. It gets ooh. like dust dusty in my closet, and you know. <laughs> Like how the, when they show up at the rodeos and, the, and their hats actually in one of those cases. Oh. <laughs> yeah, except I would show up at the dance floor, you know, the hoedown. Right, right, right. Yeah, they gave me a little cover for that hat as well, but I just threw it away. I'm like, I'm not too worried about that. Did you just put this on your hat at night? Why? I'm like, why? I was like, is my hat going to take a shower? Because that's what it looks like, like a little shower cap. They were like, oh, to keep the dust off of it. I'm like, oh, I'm not that worried about it. This is this is a functional hey, hat, uh, you know. Quick question about the fight picks, Jay. Uh, yeah, I, I think I can't. I, I can't see the league even. Did I get like kicked out? I don't. I don't think so. You were using Rainer's name, weren't you? Uh damn. Let me. Th- I think I am. Let me see. Doss and I had a good day because I, I can see myself in the um, in the top. I'm one hundred. Oh my. I know I had a bad place pretty every, good. Yeah. Pretty much every fight that I watched except for the Holloway fight, I picked the wrong way. So let's let's see what I got here. Excuse um, me, Dose. Dose, that's right. Oh, that's well, his name. Um, we both got seven of them right, but um and plays pretty good, but I can't see anything else. Really? Oh, uh, cause that's really cause that's uh not what I'm looking at here. Uh is that just the, uh, oh, you know, I'm sorry, that's probably just the main, I was just looking at the main card one. I need to look at the full card. One second. Oh, let's see. Go to contest. Yeah, Dulce got seven correct correct picks for 75 points. Olander got five correct picks for 55 points. Jay got four correct picks for 52 points. Pelvic Thrust of Death uh, uh, got 25 points for three correct picks. And left, right, good night. Got one correct pick for fifteen points. That's the full card one. Now there's also just the main card one. That's some because I know some people aren't playing both of them. Uh, so we're gonna go to that. Give me one second. I uh, can't see it. either, man. I think I got booted out. Uh, you, I didn't see you listed in that one. Uh, so I, we, you, no one would have booted you out, as far as I know. Uh, let me look at the the main card one. Uh, main card. I gotta I reinvite got, uh, me then. Yeah, I well, let's see. Uh, yeah, we should, obviously. Uh, on the main card, I got first place with two correct picks and 22 points. Uh, the Juicer also got two correct picks for 20 points. Homelander got two correct picks for 20 points. Uh, Pelvic Thrust to Death, two correct picks for 20 points. Not a lot of spread on that one, huh? Doss got three correct picks for 15 points. And Left, Right, Good Night got zero picks for zero points. So yeah, well, he's uh, yeah he's still he's still the people's champ. He's still way, so. yeah, right. <laughs> yeah. 
So yeah, our uh, it looks like our league's kind of falling apart. We're hopefully we'll get it back together before the beginning of next season. Because obviously, I want to see you playing. And we'll see. no, I'm out. This is my last one. Oh, I, yeah? had oh. to, I had to defend the title, and then um, yeah, I didn't want to All play right. this one. It's too much work. Uh, I don't know. I guess if you take it seriously, I literally wake up the day that it happens, look at four or five websites, get their opinions on different stuff, spend about ten minutes on Wikipedia looking at different fighters, and then I make my picks. So, yeah, I, I can see that for a busy guy like you, like spending a half an hour fucking around, and that's kind of a pain in the ass, I imagine. But I could, but like I said, I can understand that. I have nothing but time at the moment. I still barely got it in before it got finished. The fact that it was like a 3 p.m. Uh, or I'm sorry, like a 10 a.m. start for the prelims uh, probably fucked some people up as well. As far as like getting their picks in and such. Anyways, okay, uh, let's go ahead and pick out a topic, guys. We've been talking for 10 minutes and we've actually said absolutely nothing. So, um... Anything you guys want to talk about tonight, you can call in. I'll accept anybody's phone call. I can't guarantee I'll keep you on, but I will accept almost anybody's phone call. Or if you're too shy to call in, go ahead and type that out in the chat box. Um, I try to keep read the chat box as well. I'm not that great at it, so don't have your feelings hurt if I missed your question or comment, but I will do what I can. So, all that said, I'm imagining there's probably tons of people calling in right now. Our, our calls are... Call screener Earl. Uh, we'll get to your call as quickly as he can. So uh, be patient, uh, Earl. Where are we? How are we doing over there? Okay, literally thousands of callers. Okay, now it's going to take Earl a little while to sort through all of those callers. So it might take a little while to get to you. But please be patient. If you still want to call in, don't worry about those thousands of callers ahead of you. I will know it's you, and I will get you to the front of the line. So go ahead and call in for that as well. <laughs> that being said, we're going to go over to the OG and see what they're talking about because we need a topic, obviously. Uh, let's see, one minute. Over to mixmartialarts.com. Over to the off topic section, the other ground. There we are, of all the interesting things and interesting people. Oh, let's see. <clears throat> and a lot of it's politically based, which we'll skip right over because we don't care about that shit. Um,. Best music video ever. See, there's a good topic. Occasionally, the OG comes up with a nice, inoffensive, fun topic. What is the best um, music video ever? Uh, feel free to call in with uh, what you think the best music video ever is, or just go ahead and type it in the chat box, and I will read it for you. I am there for you guys. I can say your words. Uh, best music video ever. God, off the top of my head, you would think Thriller, right? I mean, you know, we're not talking about best music video for bands that I like or what or this particular band's best music video, just best music video ever. Um, once again, Thriller is hard to beat, you know, uh, despite being pretty early in the music video genre, comparatively speaking, uh, it had a pretty high production value. They spent a shitload of money on it. Uh, and it was, and I think like the, uh, un the uncut ones, like 10 or 15 minutes. So, fucking mine's probably Thriller. How about you guys? What would you think the best music video ever is? Slide, do you have that an opinion on that? Working. What was That's that? the way you do it on the MTV. Oh, straight. money for nothing. The little yeah. faggot with the mink coat and the earring. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. You know, they, uh, they edited that out now. That's the, oh. like the real, they, they took because of the word faggot. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I can imagine. So, um, that, that well, has to be up there. That video, and for its time. Oh yeah, yeah, very innovative for its time. Um, 
And of course, Weird Al parodied it. Like I can't remember what song he did, but he's done pretty much almost every big song in the world. Yeah, that's a good that's a good one for a, a music video. When you say when you say best music video, to ask the question in a different way, I guess the best way to do that would be uh, most interesting or most memorable uh, music video as well. I mean, it doesn't necessarily have to be the best because there's different qualifications for that. For example, uh, when you say best music video, uh, the AHA video, uh, Lean on Me, oh, I'm sorry, Take on Me, it's, uh, pops to mind just because how innovative uh, the technology they use, how you know uh, unique the actual video is. Um, is it the greatest music video ever? Probably not, but it's when it definitely pops into mind when you start asking questions about really good music videos. Uh, I, I'm, are you familiar with that one as well? No, I'm not. <laughs> Uh, it's it's aha. It's a song called "Take on Me." It's like "Take on me, take on me, take me on, take on me." And and the uh, uh, the video is music video has a lot of uh, it combines like cartoon drawing work and live uh, uh, video back and forth quite a bit in a unique way. You'd have to see it. There's no point in me explaining it. But if, we, if you get a chance, uh, look up aha. Take on me. And All I right, I will for people. sure. <laughs> it's a pretty interesting video. Uh, <clears throat> obviously, you saw Thriller. I don't. Uh, that's pretty much a given. Everyone on yeah. the planet seen that movie, seen that one at some time or another. Uh, Two dozen times. Right. Yeah. Exactly. It was pretty cool, man. Uh, other, um, other uh, good music videos. Come on, guys. Kick out good music videos. I'm not even asking for what you think the best music video of all time is, because that's kind of hard to put someone on a spot like that. All right, but, I got to mute for a sec. Baby. All right, that's cool. <clears throat> but you guys over there in chat land, go ahead and kick out some music videos that you thought were amazing. Uh, uh, no? All right, well, fine. I'll just talk about ones that I like, and I'll just assume that you like the shit that I like. Um, Let's see. God, for the longest time, it was just the concert video. Remember that? Uh, for a good portion from like 85 to 90-something, uh, the concert video was basically what some of a lot of the big bands did instead of trying to think of something else. And, of course, when I say the concert video, what they would do is they'd go on tour and just record all of their shows. And then once they were off tour, they would go, they would just, <clears throat> excuse me, uh, take all the video and edit it together for each each song. So each song, you know, on the uh, they didn't do it for every song, but every song that they wanted a music video for, all that it was would be concert footage from their various concerts of them doing the song. Uh, very rarely they would throw some sort of plot or thing in there, but nine out of times out of ten, it was just a video of them playing live in front of a whole bunch of people, and that was good enough. People didn't need all this crazy stuff for music videos. Um, but that only worked for a particular genre. Uh, basically, the rock and roll bands were the only ones that could get away with that. You didn't see like rap bands or hip hop bands doing music videos where they're just in front of the crowd performing their songs. Uh, they most of them got a lot more in, in, inventive with their music videos. <clears throat> ah, see, uh, tenor is saying motley Crue's home sweet home was a good concert video so yeah there you go that's a good example of it it doesn't make it doesn't make for a bad video i mean it's just but it's just hard to class those as great videos because they're pretty you know um now i don't want to say generic but they're pretty easy to do um 
Motley Crue. I haven't heard that song in a long, long time. <laughs> I hated Motley Crue when I was growing up, and which is ironic because now whenever I hear almost any one of their songs, I'm like, oh, that's not too bad. <laughs> I I never gave them a fair chance when I was younger because I was in the, a lot heavier music, uh, like you know Slayer, Anthrax, Exodus, that kind of shit. So bands like Motley Crue or Poison, I, you know, I thought they were garbage. Um, even Guns N' Roses, Guns N' Roses was like, eh, I don't know, I guess, I guess you're okay for a hair band. <laughs> I've, those words actually have left my, my mouth before in the past that that's what I thought of, uh, uh, Guns N' Roses and clearly looking back on it, they were an excellent band with all kinds of great songs. But when you're young, you like what you like and whatever you don't like is fucking crap. Um, you get, uh, <clears throat> you get older and look back on it, you know, you realize that you were fucking being an idiot. Uh, Tedder's pointing out November rain was a great video. See, there, there you go. That's a great video. Um, for a pretty good song too, actually November rain's not, you know, uh, impressive both the video and the song when it comes right down to it. That's, uh, brings back memories of such a, a, a period of my life. Cause God, when was the Terminator two? Cause that's when all that's when, I mean, Guns N' Roses was already fucking big, but when they did the soundtrack to Terminator 2, uh, that was that was fucking it. Holy shit. Yeah, nineteen ninety one. Yeah, I that's I can believe it. Cause uh nineteen ninety one, I'd be seventeen, I think. It's either sixteen or seventeen, depending on what where it was in the year. So that was very, very influential influential on young Jay. Um and <clears throat> But it actually pushed me away from Guns N' Roses somewhat because fucking uh, they got overplayed like you wouldn't believe. It was, it was on, you know, not only was it on every fucking rock station uh, in the nation, it was very quickly used in advertising. You know, like you could be mine was fucking everywhere. Uh, the, you know, the, the movie sent it into such the stratosphere that I was like, Oh God, if I have to hear any more guns and roses, cause that, that was fucking all MTV played. It seemed like at the time, uh, was basically it was guns and roses 24 seven, because it seemed like they made a video for every single song on that fucking record. Um, I can't remember how many they made, but it was a lot. It, it's it, uh, in 1991. If you turned on MTV, I think there was at least a one in four chance. It was playing a gun Ro- guns and roses video. Um, God, I you know I miss MTV. I right if MTV was around, I don't know if I'd actually watch it anymore because I very rarely listen to music if I'm not doing something like driving or something like that. But uh, <clears throat> but yeah, it you know it was such a great era back then. You know, uh, it was exciting to see music videos on TV, um, and for a lot of us, it became almost where you got your new music. Uh, for people like me, the, the rock and roll stations didn't play stuff like Metallica really. And they certainly didn't play stuff like Slayer or Exodus or fucking, you know, um, Anthrax. So when they put out new records, you heard about them on MTV because when they're, when you watch the Headbangers Ball and their record and their new albums, you know, new videos came out. Now, obviously, if you're a big fan of a, of a band, you'd hear about them beforehand. But Headbangers Ball was good for that, you know, to clue you into bands that you hadn't heard yet. Um, and I just remember sitting over my friend's house uh, 
wait, waiting for Headbangers Ball to come on. We didn't have cable. Uh, he did. And it comes on at like 10 o'clock. And just being so excited to a- actually see a music video for one of the songs you like being played. You know, if you liked like fucking Guns N' Roses or Britney Spears or in these other perfectly good uh, popular bands, you know, seeing one of your band's videos, songs as a music video on MTV was cool, but it wasn't a huge deal. If you liked like fucking Exodus, <laughs> seeing your uh, uh, band's video on MTV was a really fucking huge deal. I mean, fucking huge deal. Um, oh, oh, Rackman or Penfield? <sighs> Rackman, I think, just just because it was really, really fun to watch the bit where uh, bands pretended like they hated him and, and abused him uh, terribly. Um, those, those were, that was always a good time. You were um, lucky you got to experience all that, by the way. Yeah, yeah, it, it was it was you a, know, that u- was a unique great time. era. Yeah, a great era, and I remember all the debate from what I could tell or gather about. Um, a lot of people thought that uh, that Headbangers Ball played too much glamour and not enough, you know, heavy metal, hardcore. Right, right, right. Yeah, that's entirely true. People, were, people were of the opinion they didn't want to see stuff on that show that you could see at two o'clock in the afternoon on MTV. You know, there's no point. That's not the point of the Headbangers Ball. Um, it's funny. Uh, uh, Tanner asked me if my what well, was my preference of uh, between uh, um, Rackman or uh, Penfield, Matt Penfield, uh, as for hosts of the Headbangers Ball. And uh, Rackman was who was playing when I got into metal. Before that, I want to say it was uh, Adam something or another actually hosted the show before that. Uh, but the reason I'm talking about this is because he mentioned uh, Matt Pinfield, who hosted it after Rackman. Pinfield went on after that to host a show called Farm Club, which was on the USA Network. You know, up all night with USA. Um, and the reason I bring that up is because my friend's band played on Farm Club. Uh, I, I've told this story before, but it's worth telling again. So uh, unless you guys are just annoyed with it. A friend of mine was in a band called 20, 20 Dead Flower Children. They had moderate success. They toured around a lot. They did did the entire move from Detroit to California to make a big thing. And they did well enough to be on a show called Farm Club. Farm Club uh, was a kind of a unique thing. It was on the USA Network. The concept between, excuse me, the concept for Farm Club was they would have two well-known national bands and one up-and-coming band. So, like, you know, uh, so, which they would like highlight. They do a couple of videos on, like showing where they came from or what their day to day life is. And so basically, they would give this local band a big push. So you know, like they called it Farm Club, I assume for like the farm system for people to to move up. Um, and my buddy's band was on Farm Club. To give you an idea of how this worked, they were the up and coming band. The two big bands that played on Farm Club that day were Disturbed and Eminem. Um, so it was a, a pretty fucking big deal, uh, and and they were they were treated as such. They got picked up uh, by limos, you know, rode limos down to the studio, had green room with whatever they want, you know. They were hanging out with Disturbed and Eminem. Then they recorded a, the show with like a big audience jamming along with them, and the whole nine yards. They're like, yeah, and this is my buddy, the drummer, telling me the story. He's like, yeah, it was also fucking awesome. Then the, the limo took me home at the end of the night. I went to sleep. Then I got up in the morning and went to my job and washed dishes. <laughs> you know, it was a kind of a weird juxtaposition between you know, living a rock star life uh, you know, at one moment and then the next moment, go back to reality, washing dishes, trying to make sure you're going to pay your rent. 
Uh, and that was the closest they ever made. They, they've toured with minorly famous bands, uh, and eventually they broke up. Uh, which, I don't know, what do you guys think? Would, is it harder to have never had any success, like troll through your local scene for years and years and years, and never moved on and then, you know, and, and then gave up? Or is it harder to have had some success, get picked up by like uh, labels and did some traffic around and but just never have the big time materialize? What would be hard, do you think? Which would hurt more? I think it'd be harder to have some success. Yeah. Yeah. To, to know that it could have been as, you know, and, and that you just missed your shot through maybe, maybe not even you know, your own fault. I think. A lot of their problem came with, I think, management choices and deciding to uh, drop management at the wrong point and a couple different things. I think that has a lot to do with why they never made it big. Um, also, their style was a little odd, um, so I'm not sure if it would have been as popular as the, some of the producers thought. But, say levy and, and Jitsu says a little success is better than no success. Yeah, I guess, I, I don't know, it depends on how you look at it. If you're a bitter person, obviously, uh, no success is probably... Uh, better if you're an optimistic person obviously some success is better because it's fun right <laughs> they did get to tour for a whole bunch with uh with some bands i mean they bands that you would that you've heard of and stuff um and got to be on tv and that whole nine yards uh unfortunately the downside of that for a lot of musicians is being that it's their dream and they don't want to give up on it it they pursue it perhaps longer than they should and i've talked about this before as well uh, I have a lot of friends up in bands, like in, in the double-digit numbers, and but I know nobody who made it famous being in his band. Like, nobody, I don't know any rock stars. Of that entire group of uh, people, I only know one that makes a living playing music. Oh, uh, You know, actually, that's not true. Two. I know two out of, out of the call it dozen people that I was friends with that have made it pretty far into the music career. When I say pretty far, if you were, if at one point you were touring like re either regionally or nationally, I think you, you were made it pretty far. Um, and I, and I know, like I said, almost a dozen people that have reached that point and two, only two of them do music at all, at all right now to support themselves. Uh, the rest of them, you know, have completely different jobs and they're basically 20 to 30 years behind on their career path than everybody else. You know, they're they're fifty year olds who are about where a thirty year old would be because they because you know because they uh, tried the music career until they were like thirty or or forty you know, um, and who's to judge on whether that's right or not? But it's got to be hard to know that you're basically twenty years behind in your real life because you made a shot at trying to be a musician. I don't know. What do you guys think? Wolf. I don't do much thinking. I'm watching the Condit fight because I missed it before. It's on uh, MMA Dash uh, Core. Uh -huh. and, uh, it's nice. I like. <laughs> so I'm, I'm focused on that one. I missed whatever your conversation was. Is oh. I just uh, we're talking about, about mu musicians trying to make it right. Yeah, we're talking about musicians and how I know quite a few of them that were that made it big enough to where they were at the, at least one point making their living being being a band like touring that they didn't have they didn't even have regular jobs or they were part-time jobs and what they did was toured the country or regionally or whatever to try to be you know rich and famous and all none of them made rich and famous two of them still make money uh with their band with their musical talent one of them plays piano and sings on a cruise ship uh so like he's basically on a cruise ship two to 200 to 250 days a year crossing the crossing the world you know playing piano and singing so which is 
I assume not a bad gig, really, right? I mean, I wonder. I wonder how he likes it. I'm sure. Yeah, he's done it for years, so I assume he likes it. And he's seen what? Not everybody likes their job, after all. Yeah, that's that's very true. Yeah, but he seems to dig it quite a bit. Um, Touring must suck, though. Touring, oh, touring, yeah, professionally, unless you're at the very high level, you know, uh, but touring at like the uh, van and even the tour bus level must kind of suck, you know. You have to be at like the elite level where you're flying around kind of shit for it to not suck. Um, and the other one is a studio musician. You know, he does, he does, he makes music for other people. Um, and I don't know how well he does, but he did just buy a new house right on Lake Michigan. It looks beautiful. So he's, a, he's at least making a living, which is interesting because he moved fr- back from, from basically from California to Michigan, uh, because technology's reached a point where he can play his music wherever the fuck he wants and sends it, send it over to the people that are paying him to, to play it, you know? Yeah, cost of living a lot cheaper out there. Let me tell you. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So probably living, probably I know more than you do, bro. I've been both. I've lived both. Yeah, yeah. Okay, fuck it's, you with the cost of living. It's incredible <laughs> what you yeah. get here. Yeah, oh, and to give, give you an idea, Sly, he bought a house like right near the Ohio Toledo border, right in that lake there. I can't remember what the, which one lake that is. So like, he's literally got like on the lake, and it's. I can't assume it's super duper expensive because of where it is, but it still can't be cheap. But it's an interesting, uh, interesting house he bought, and all he does is basically just make music for other people. From what I understand, I don't. Uh, that's what a studio musician does. Uh, he did. Yeah. He did work for for Prince. He was actually friends with him. Uh, nice. So I, I couldn't tell you what he did for him exactly. Uh, Prince also has record after record of music that he never released. So it's a there's a good chance that that uh, my buddy did a lot of work with them that we're never going to hear. Um, Hey, but, that reminded hey, me of a story. Yeah. What's that dude you know, Kevin James, I think? He made Which a movie one? for Prince. Uh, not oh, Kevin, Kevin James? No, Kevin it's Kevin Smith, Smith. yes. Thank you. Yeah, 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 he, yeah, yeah, yeah. He did that. He made a movie for, for Prince that you're never going to see. And, and he didn't get paid for it either. I, no, he didn't get paid for it. I thought he did. Maybe I, not. I believe that's how the story went, is he didn't get paid, but he was stoked to be doing it for Prince, and then it found out it's just going in the vault. But uh, I just yeah. wondered if Prince paid those studio musicians, you know? Oh, I don't know. I don't know. Uh, Keith, my buddy's name is Keith. Uh, he was there uh, quite often. I, like I saw him post on Facebook all the time about about being in the Paisley Park complex. Uh, I can't imagine that. Yeah. You know, well, you never know. You know. Uh, he, you know. He he was a big Prince fan, so maybe he got starstruck as well. You know. I. Uh, <clears throat> yeah. When I first met Keith, and this is like, uh, he was about ten years older than the rest of us. So uh, he had impressive credentials when I met him in the first place. Like before he joined the 20th Flower Children, he was touring in Japan playing guitar for like this pop star, like this high level Japanese pop star. He was like playing her, her uh, guitar tracks, you know, when they uh, played live and toured. I was like, oh, wow. But he's always been kind of like a guitar hired gun kind of guy. That sounds pretty decent. Yeah. I, it, it, one of the interesting job. What if he hates the music he's playing? You know, he got to play some some Japanese bebop or what do you want to call that? What do you call that? K-pop? I don't know. K-pop. <laughs> yeah, that's exa- I think that's exactly what he was playing too. That's uh, Korean. Yeah. yeah was, oh man, that. that's Korean. And those and, Japanese Koreans, man. Make sure Japanese. to mention that the next time Grace is around. <laughs> <laughs> but this is all you got rubber in the late '80s and early '90s and shit, uh, or uh, when he was doing that shit. So I'm, I don't know what uh, version of. Uh, like Japanese pop there was back then, but that's probably what he was doing. I don't know. You know, he, he enjoys music of all kinds. He's, uh, you know, like his two favorite musicians are uh, Prince and Cheap Trick. 
but he uh, makes music that I listen to. to give you the, uh, I was listening uh, to some cheap trick today. Yeah. Oh, dude, he he is a huge fan. He has one of that dude's guitars. Nice. Uh, yeah, like one. one. Yeah. Um. He well, dude, he's actually got a huge collection of guitars. His favorite is a uh, a guitar brand uh, from Detroit called Reverend Guitars. So it's kind of a they're kind of like boutique guitars almost. Uh, he's got a shitload of them. Some of them is like he's got original models because he was he was right around uh, he was around when they started up back in '98. So you know they had like a, a professional relationship for a very long time. So they sent him guitars, dude. He's I think he's got like ten of them. <laughs> does Keith live in a nice area? Uh, now he does. He just bought a house in the lake. <laughs> that sounds before, cool. Yeah, before he lived in uh, Hunting, Huntington Beach, so probably not so much. Actually, I don't know. I don't. I don't know. He, he lived in Huntington Beach twenty years ago. I have no clue where he lived. Huntington in Beach, between. California, is a pretty yeah, yeah. nice place. Pretty, yeah. pretty expensive too. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So I don't know where part of you live in. Yeah. So uh, yeah. Obviously, he's already done. He's always done well as himself as a musician, which is great. But he, as I was saying, that's far and few in between. You know, it's him, him, and uh, the the uh, piano guy who fucking cracks me up even more because he's an amazing. He's a pretty good singer. Uh but he played like punk thrash rock. The name of his band was Ugly but Proud. Um, one, uh, you know, they had the songs. Unattractive. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, like he had songs like "Being Ugly Is All Right" um, and other other songs. Well, they're they he's amazingly good. Uh, and they at one point they're saying they're going to be the next Metallica, but uh, it just once again just never got that next step for some reason or another. Uh, There's a band from my hometown and they they played together for 15 years and they finally got signed and they were getting play on the radio and everything and they put out an album and everything and it looked like they were finally going to make it big time and they had like a good a good sound that seemed like it would you know would sell and uh, then the record company's like hey yeah uh, we're turning into all hip hop and stuff so we really don't know what to do with you guys so uh, <laughs> you know the tour is off and nothing ever happened with that band ever again oh jeez man it's that fucking sucks, dude. <laughs> supposed to, supposedly they had like the biggest money ever for a previously unsigned band or something, and from there nothing. And now the guy that Let was the on show is a lead singer and guitarist. It's always got to be rough. What you say I was wondering the well, year. When was it that they got talk. axed? Ninety-one, maybe. Oh. I would have guessed a year or two after then because uh, this is just what I've researched. Because of Axl Rose being such a fucking rocker, the last real fucking rocker in terms of the attitude to where he didn't give a fuck. He wouldn't show up if he was pissed off uh, or he wouldn't care if they sued him if he didn't produce the amount of records he was agreed to. He really didn't give a fuck. Like the old rockers were all like that. And and the, the fact that Axl Rose, that they quit playing music and everybody stopped listening to heavy metal and it kind of died out and turned into shitty-ass grunge. grunge and other stuff. Hey, grunge was awesome. You know, I wondered if it was around that time, so they were all like, well, fuck it. You know, let's, we're going to, you know, go a different route with different genres because it's up and coming. I know a little bit of this because I've spent a fair amount of time in Nashville, uh, even, you know, in the, in the, between 2000 and 2010 when, when Nashville still had recording studios. Now I don't think they have any, or like, like it was, but it still had some of the old Nashville there, and I had a friend there, and I 
I, I met some people and, and learned, learned some stuff about the music industry over here. That, that's all. What's up, Jitsu? There we go. All right, dude. Have you? I got the first question for this guy. Have you ever been to Ricky Rackman's club? Which one? <laughs> of course, which one? He would. He would yes. know. Uh, yes, that's the one. Yeah. <laughs> you got to tell me about this. What's well, Aquanet? Aquanet. That's hairspray, you guys. Yeah, that is correct. Yeah, we barely hear you, Jits. He's oh, sorry. Hang a, on, I was smoking a bull. Taking a, yeah, he oh, was taking man. a bong rip. Smoking a fat bong rip, bro. What's up, man? What's up, bro? All right, you guys want to? You guys want to? Uh, okay, so here's here. I'm gonna give you the breakdown of uh, how hair metal died, right? Yeah. As far as it goes in L.A. Okay, what's on the baby? The bringing of grunge. So, like, uh, basically, flyover country MTV loved hair metal more than people in L.A. actually did. So, like. You had the scene when you see like on MTV and they talk about it, all the uh, all the fucking dudes that have their fucking three feet high hair and uh, Adam Curry doing the, the headbangers ball and all the hair butt rock glam metal stuff. That's all going on in Hollywood. But that's like all the like when I was in my teens, that was all like the 20 year olds or people in their 20s, you know, the people younger than that. We hated that shit, bro. They're fucking poser if you like that stuff. You were either a Hesher, which was like you liked Metallica and Slayer and that stuff, or you liked what was called like college rock, hard punk rock, you know, which was would become grunge and alternative music. But at the time, it was like Sonic Youth, Mr. Bungle, uh, shit like Primus was a big one, had mm -hmm. no Primus. So all that stuff was that what people in L.A. were actually listening to. Like, like L.A. had something called the East Hollywood scene. The East Hollywood scene was... Guns N' Roses, Jane's Addiction, Red Hot Chili Peppers. Uh, so all these flyover fucks basically come out to L.A. because they want to be fucking Motley Crue. So you get Warrant or from Ohio, Poison or fucking from Pennsylvania. They're all a bunch of flyover fags that come over there and, and just ruin the whole fucking scene, right? And so MTV gobbles all this shit up and they're playing it to the point that it's disgraceful. Everyone hates this shit. So by the time like Firehouse and Mr. Big is getting played on MTV, like <laughs> none of the kids are in in LA at least are actually listening to this shit at all. Like no one likes any of this shit. We hate it. It fucking sucks, dude. Like no one's wearing a poison shirt ever. Like I don't know anyone that liked poison ever. Like so when people go, hey, I liked poison when that what are you fucking talking about? No one ever liked poison. No one ever liked porn. <laughs> I like it now, like that I'm yeah. older and I like butt rock, but it, I can appreciate the music. But at the time, you were such a fucking poser lame if you liked any of this shit, right? That's exactly what I was saying earlier in the show. Exactly. But meanwhile, if you're if you're younger or if you're older, this shit's cool because these guys are out getting late. So, like during the rap rock years, I, I'm at like there's a the rainbow is wherever all this happens, at, right? So the rainbow right. is the the it's a restaurant bar plays music that's where lemmy hangs out it's a cool spot right on the next to it is the key club which is was gazari's and ricky rackman's club and then if you walk right down a, a few stores there's like a pizza shop and a few uh we have the roxy right next on one side of the rainbow and you have the key club gazari's on the other side 
And then if you go down a little bit farther, you have the whiskey. And then across the street, you have the Viper room. And so all these areas are pay to play. The whiskey is, is a pay to play venue, right? So you pay $1,000 and you get 100 tickets. And uh, you get to go sell those tickets. And then you tell everyone, hey, I played the wi- the whiskey. It's like a yeah, big deal, for, you know? Like I played CBG. So it's a pay to play thing. So um, by the time Nirvana hit, no, every, like, no one was even into Nirvana out here. Everyone was really more into like Primus and all that stuff. But that shit was done. Like the minute it happened, like what Sly's saying, it was it was already done before that. Like MTV's main offices are in Venice, right? So they used to have kids like me and I've done it. I used to do stuff for LA Gear also, um, where you go in and you do like they have kids and they you give them research like feedback on what what's cool and what's not, you know? So we were already, they already knew that that ship, that wave was going, you know? So right. the minute Nirvana hit, that's why you saw it all just, because by the time it was Firehouse and Mr. Big, it was a fucking Spinal Tap parody, you know? <laughs> I got a question for you. What did you think of when TSL, TSOL kind of turned into a semi-glam band? See, that TSOL is a fucking... Was a... I don't band. care. Well, yeah, well, no, but... They're also there's a gang. They're the fucking head of the LA Death Squad, the the gang that starts off of LADs and, and TSOL is still around. That's Peni, bro. You're fucking down there. You know what Peni's are, right? I don't think so. <laughs> Public Enemy Number One. It's one of the biggest fucking skinhead prison gangs and shit down Orange County, San Diego. Yeah, so, I don't know about that one. I'm TSOL TSOL is a punk rock band that becomes the LA punk rock bands are. Uh, they become fucking gangs. So then, like, you had uh, Circle One was a fucking, became a gang. Suicidal Tendencies is the most famous of them. TSOL becomes LA Death Squad, LADs. So would TSOL have hated Suicidal Tendencies? Beowulf Boys? What's that? Would TSOL hate Suicidal Tendencies because they're different gangs? I think they had beef. Like, I have a couple books on the punk rock gangs of LA. Like they're older, they're the they're the guys right older than me. So like I came like Spicoli or like the people that babysat me, and then House of Pain are the kids that are just right older than me. House of Pain is a punk. Our guys from a punk rock gang called the Mickey Mouse Club, and then uh, then my generation of dipshit. Like I'm class of '94, so we were all the wannabe gangsters listening to Dr. Dre and all that. So anyway, like, anyway, yeah. The, they all like kind of hair metal. They all kind of went heavy metal thrash. That's how suicidals went. They all kind of went that way towards because uh, thrash and hardcore punk are, are very close, like in the sense of the speed of it. You know, like uh, yes. you had SOD. You know, speak English or die. They did that. I mean, now the quality yeah. of that was going to be horrible. But would you guys like to hear my uh, one of my buddy's bands that was trying to get into the thrash? At one point, like I said, these guys were people were saying these guys were going to be the next Metallica. This is ugly, we're proud. Uh, like I said, I don't know what the quality of this is. I just downloaded it off of YouTube uh, just now, so we'll find out. Probably not that good. It's, this, this is going to be a tape from from the eighties that someone that someone uploaded. So Go for it. all right, we're just waiting for it to load here. Give us just a second. Here we go. I'm used to grainy quality. So they got in Lebanon. Eat a dick, Wolf. Oh boy, I'm not hungry. 
There's the Vandals, ain't it? Sounds very thrashy. Sounds like the Vandals a little bit. This guy likes Metallica. Sings like rap. Not bad though. That's not bad. He's doing a he's doing a uh, San Francisco thrash thing, I'd say. Music's right between punk and heavy metal. Yeah, I'm with Marfan Cards. It sounds like really, really like kill 'em all, early Metallica. I'll have to look up when this came out. <laughs> yeah, this is this guy's this guy's doing fucking uh, kill 'em all or he's doing a yeah, the first album. He's doing Kill 'Em All right here, which isn't a bad. If you're gonna copy something, it's not a bad thing to copy. Right, right. What was Kill 'Em All in like '86? It came out. I can't even. '84. Kill 'Em All, is, uh, Kill em all is fucking like '82, '83. Hmm? All right. No, I won't make sure to listen to the entire song, but uh, it's not bad though. Yeah, but yeah, see, I, see, you know, and that's what most of their songs are like. We're like. Uh, very much, you know, very thrashy. Uh, let's see if I can find out when that came out. Probably not, since they're such a small band. You say that was probably produced with low technology, so I can see yeah, the point yeah, where you know you get you get Everybody somebody with a bunch of money. Four track back in the day, it was all these like four track or six track. Shit yeah, yeah. I, I remember my, one of my friends got a four track, and it was you know such a big deal. Yeah. Let's see. Um... Yeah, that's now. I, I don't know how accurate this is, but this M- Music Wiki Detroit claims that they were uh, active from 1985 till 1995. So, um, that, and that was, I think, their first album that that was. Oh yeah. Okay. So now check now check their later stuff. Check their later stuff and see if they sound like Pantera. <laughs> no, no, no. They didn't. See, they, see their evolution if they go from Metallica to Pantera because 95, they're probably going to sound like Pantera. Right, right. So yeah, yeah, and I guess you were right because you know even though they came out in '85, uh, um, Metallica was around before that. So um, I assume that they heard from Metallica <laughs> before we before that uh, song came out because it does hit. Well, like Metallica basically uh, switches everything because everything's slower before that. Everyone's doing the Dio type shit before right. and Iron Maiden before Metallica, and then Metallica. Right. That's the reason everyone still like like that's why metallica is allowed to put out so many shitty albums and everyone still will give metallica their credit because metallica was metallica is better than fucking anthrax and megadeth and slayer like they were better like at the time they were tighter they're like still they're more of a rock and roll band people might like the other ones better but i'd say overall they have the better work the better catalog out of the big four most people would say it's metallica you know right like maybe i'm crazy, crazy but like, I, Slayer, I would have I to agree, to even though I don't want to. But... Like, See, like Slayer, I, I, like, I love the guitar work, but I'm not a huge fan of the vocals, you know? Exactly. Like, like that's what I mean. It's like, same with, um, like, Anthrax I love. I love a lot of Anthrax, but then they get kind of, I don't know, all, I mean, once you're older, all that stuff to me, I can't listen to thrash all day, you know what I mean? I have to yeah. mix my shit up. I, that's what I was like I'll throw a reggae song in with a hardcore song, then over to like a Bob Dylan song. That's how I I do like mashup stuff, you know. Because like yeah, listening yeah. to Slayer, a Slayer album, 
it's a fucking assault on your ears. I don't need it anymore, you know? It's fucking, you know, like it's I'll listen to raining blood and then I'll go to something else. You know what I mean? Like Yeah, yeah. Most definitely. And some bands aren't like that. There's some bands that you can listen to all day, but like Slayer is hard to be one. If you listen to Slayer like eight hours a day, just Slayer or rotation of their albums, dude, I'm kind of scared of you a little bit, dude. <laughs> well, yeah, it's like a, the Ryan Von Doom guy on the OG, dude. All he likes is fucking I hate my dad metal. Like all that stuff that like all the modern stuff. I was at a I was at a super joint ritual fucking show. 10, 20 years ago, and fucking Phil Anselmo gets out there, and he's like, dude, all I know is all these younger kids are trying to sound like me. Like, he always does some, he shoots a full pro wrestling promo whenever he gets on stage. But he was right in the sense that, like, the difference is, is all those people start trying to do the Phil thing, the, yeah, talk all guttural, tough guy. But then um, the modern younger kids that do it, I I hate to be, like, the ageist, but I always end up doing it but, like, dude, they sound like they hate their parents more than they sound like they're tough or going to kick anyone's ass. Right, You know, like right, that right. screaming, shit, fuck you, pussy, with your fucking makeup. Take your fucking makeup on, you little bitch. Like, I just don't, those are the kids, those are school shooters. They're not fucking tough. They're not cool. Like, I don't get that. You know it's it's like, funny you it's funny you talked about the uh, asking if that guy if they sounded like Pantera later on because I know someone that that happened to exactly one of my best friends uh, he's the guy that got me into heavy metal the whole nine yards uh, introduced me to the other burnout friends a lead singer of a band uh, when I first met him they were doing like Metallica covers uh, and they, and they end up writing their own songs and doing a couple of their own albums but they were very Metallica sounding you know. Uh, uh, and then, like, fucking Pantera comes out, and I, I remember the first time I ever heard Pantera was over his house listening to the Cowboys from Hell. And then the next thing you know, all of a sudden, he's, his singing style switches up, and now he sounds like fucking Pantera. And it, it turned out to be a fucking horrible idea because they never got big anyways. Uh, and I found out, like, 10 or 15 years later, hang, about 10 years later, hanging out with him, you know, uh, just playing acoustic guitar and singing that the guy could sing really, really fucking good. I'm like, holy well, fuck, dude, you should have sang this way 10 years ago. Your band would have been way more fucking successful. Well, yeah. it's like Phil, Phil's shit on Cemetery Gates. When he hits that high note, everyone's like, Jesus, do that yeah. once in a while a little bit more, yeah. bro. Everyone was expect, everyone liked, like, oh, like, That's the way why I looked at it. was so successful. Yeah. Was everyone liked a little bit of it? You know what I mean? Like, it got too, if it gets too, into the Dio Bruce Dickinson atmosphere of whiny, you know, like yeah. shit. It gets old. Yeah. If you're getting too shit, you're losing people. You know, you want people like Phil had a good thing going. If he then, as he got older, he never went back to hitting those high notes like he did in those first albums, right? Before they hit, you know, Wh- which is ironic. Like- yeah, which is ironically because he could do that because before they decided to be Pantera, they were a fucking Def Leppard band, basically. From what yeah, that's saying. what he was doing. Have you ever heard that stuff? Yes, because because my uh, at one point uh, after my homelessness, I lived with one of my uh, an aunt and uncle briefly, and he had been in Texas for I believe in the Air Force or something like that, and he'd seen them play, and he had one of their cassette tapes, and he goes, "Listen to this." <laughs> I'm like, "This isn't the same band," and th- but then I heard uh, you know Phil hit a couple high notes. I'm like, "This is the same band." Holy shit! <laughs> yeah, but I just only like maybe five thirty or forty seconds of one song. Yeah. See, Pantera for me came out. Uh, Vulgar Display came out in 
senior, uh, going into, I was in the senior year, going into my senior year, Vulgar Display came out. And right before that, the year before that, House of Pain came out. So I did the full Phil Anselmo shaved head thing. Right, Over, right. You know, I totally did the Anselmo. That's how we all call it. We always clown people that are always doing the Anselmo. <laughs> <laughs> that, that was 92. So you're a little bit older than me because I would have been uh, 18. Uh, no, 18 or I'm class of 19, 18 or 19. I, turned, I'm, I was born in 76, 44. Oh, I am older than you. I was born in 73. So, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, see, you're uh, like, got, I'm hanging out with the though. seniors here. I'm hanging out with the seniors. I'm just I'm <laughs> 71 over here. Yeah, oh, yeah. You are the old fucker, huh? Hey, Mark and Parts, how you doing? <laughs> hey, what's happening? Hey, uh, so I first heard of Pantera when they came out with an album called Projects in the Jungle. But I don't think it was I don't think it was still ensemble. I think it was some other singer. And they were full on they were like borderline hair metal, borderline yeah. uh yeah, yeah. Their first their first singer wasn't bad. He just didn't want to tour apparently. He didn't oh. want to do it, oh, really, wow. apparently. That's like, kind of, they did kind a couple of albums with the first singer. Yeah, but it was like a high school band. Like they're like uh they're like a deal like with Van Halen is. Like they they're just playing out of high school and fucking Rex Rex went to high school with them, so they start a band. Bass player, drum player, guitar player, but the the lead singer who grew up with them was like a flake, wasn't probably that great but yeah he was and then phil came on and did a hair metal out he sings all high-pitched for like forget the fucking names I, I have them downloaded somewhere on a hard drive the those three it's called power metal that's what it's called the first the first one they don't uh, they don't release is the one that you never hear about is called power metal that's the phil Anselmo with his hair all teased up in aquanet and they're all in makeup and okay. shit. He's, uh, and he's called diamond daryl yeah. instead of dime bag daryl <laughs> yeah, I, yeah, I hadn't heard that. Uh, I hadn't heard that album. I only heard uh, Projects in the Jungle, and then, and then skipped right to uh, Pantera's first album, the real first album. Well, yeah, they're real. <laughs> yeah, I don't. So we we don't talk about that. <laughs> and lots of yeah. bands change like that. Like, look at early suicidal tendencies compared to later suicidal tendencies. It's almost a completely different band. Yeah, I love well, it is physically, except for <laughs> except for oh, yeah, the singer, totally right? <laughs> Yeah, but it didn't take long. I mean, at one point, I mean, I, I realize suicidal tendencies change their lineup every fucking five minutes. It seems like, um, but well, still, yeah, that, that's because it's Mike Muir. That's it's Mike Muir's band. Like right. those are all. That is like, like have you ever listened to Beowulf? Beowulf no, was a no. thrash band. Like a, they're very much like suicidal tendencies. It's a Ven they're a Venice band that uh, they uh, they're they there's a gang after them, the Beowulf Boys. It's so fucking funny because it was just a scene, you know. Mike Mears, the leader of a gang, right? So if you don't get along with the leader of a gang, you're out the gang, bro. Gotta get a new bass player. Gotta get a new guitar player. You know, that's how it works. <laughs> and so, like, but then, like, his Infectious Grooves was bitching, dude. Uh, infectious Grooves with fucking... Yeah, that was awesome. The bass player from... Uh, the bass player in Metallica now is fucking rap. Like, the original, the first Infectious Grooves... Like, see, everyone was b bumping Infectious but Grooves... While fucking Warrant and all that stupid shit was on fucking the dial MTV, like, that was what I was trying to explain. He, the bass player was also in suicidal for a little while too, though. Yeah, right? totally. Yeah, he's in suicidal. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. He's in like their late. He's in like I think the album with like "You Can't Bring Me Down," and uh, yeah, yeah, that's like, killer. Yeah, yeah, I smoked a joint with uh, Rocky from Suicidal Tendencies. I smoked a joint with Be Real and Red Man. 
in Method yeah. Man. Yeah, yeah. I uh, w- uh, they were playing in town, and my buddy knew where they were staying, so we went and saw them uh, along with Metallica. Uh, excuse me, Megadeth. And my buddy had met Megadeth, Megadeth before and thought Dave Mustaine was a dick, so he didn't want to meet him again. So we went to the Double Tree where they were staying. So we knew we had the right place because we were sitting at the bar and we saw Mike uh, lead like a Congo line through the bar lot, through the lobby, into the bar, around the bar, and then back into the lobby, heading upstairs, I assume. Um, so me and my buddy were sitting at the bar drinking, and my buddy taps me on the shoulder and says, hey, look who's sitting next to you. I look, look over and there's fucking Rocky sitting next to me drinking. Um, so we struck up a conversation, and Rocky was uh, pounding him back as quick as he po- possibly could because the night before he caught his finger in a revolving door playing floor hockey and cut the tip of it off. Uh, oh, but the shit. show must go on, so he played anyways, uh, and and it was like the, his left hand, so you know, like you know, one of the tips that he needed. So uh, uh, when we offered to smoke a joint with him, he is more than up for it. So we had crammed the four of us into like a 1985 uh, Ford Mustang. Uh, convertible and 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 smoked a couple joints with them. It was an interesting time. I blew rails with the bass player from Killing Joke. Oh, blue right on that song. You know that song, Eighties. I'm living in the Eighties. Living. That That was cool. I'm I'm guessing. I smoked a joint with B Real and uh, Be Real Red Man and fucking Method Man at the Smokeout. Like Jesus Christ, dude, this lineup. What's blowing your rail? I sold the I dog pound a sack. Is that, is that something bad. you... Okay, that's what I thought. AJ, <laughs> <laughs> hey, 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 did Rocky have that uh, hat on that he always wore? Yes, he did. I don't know, was that a painter's yeah. cap, it looked like, or a weird baseball yeah, cap? Like or a, whatever fuck it was. I don't but know yes, what he it did. was, but it has a P on the it. The Pittsburgh Pirates hat? That's what it yeah. is, yeah, yeah. But it's like a, it's not a normal baseball cap; it's like an old style cap or something. Yeah, almost. that's the old school ones. I used to have. I had a yellow one like that when I was a kid. The ones that have like they're like they're not round at the front; they're like straight up, like yeah, yeah. almost on your head. Yeah, something like that. Yeah, yeah. He he was nice. He was yeah, really like, drunk and in a lot of pain, but so nice guy. <laughs> How about what other celebrity get, what brushes have you guys had? But doesn't necessarily have to be drink, you know, having a drink or smoking with him or something like that. Have you heard of Adam Brody? Um, name sounds familiar, but I couldn't tell you what field he's in. He's an actor. He's pretty famous. Oh, these okay. days. I know who you're talking about now. Yeah, yeah. He's got kind of that yeah. pinch-looking face. He used to be my best friend back in. Oh. Jay, you know you had a celebrity Short call time. into your show early on in one of your first few episodes. Do you remember yeah, that? Yeah, I, dude, it's not my fault. I've never seen the movies. I had no clue what the dude's name was. So I said, oh, "What's your OG name?" He's, and he's like, "Oh, this is my this is my OG name." I'm like, oh, "Okay, cool. Thanks for calling in." I mean, who was it? <laughs> Somebody um, type it in the chat. Um, he was the one. He was the one that used to bang that one girl. He's got a movie out right now, right? He's got a movie called Sean Patrick Flannery. Sean yeah, Patrick yeah. Flannery. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah he's he got a movie me. out right now. Uh, MMA, yeah, yeah, MMA related movie. Sorry. Yeah. Come on, isn't that Boondock Saints, motherfucker? Yes, yep. it is. Yeah. And uh-huh. Powder. Oh, I hate that powder. fucking movie, bro. <laughs> it's the most. Every Irish person, everyone that finds out I'm fucking Irish, tells me I should watch Boondock Saints. Get the fuck out of here with that shit. <laughs> yeah. Well, he called into the show, and I'd never seen the movie. I've never heard his name before. I mean, I, I guess he's a successful actor, but I don't really pay attention to that shit. So, and he owns so a BJJ school. Hey, 
So he, was, he calls in like, hey, I, I just think it's a really cool thing you guys are doing here. I think it was the very first episode, you know, and I just want to get, you know, let you know, that let you guys know I support you. I'm like, oh, sweet. That's awesome. That's right. Uh, like, I go, that's awesome. What's, what's your, what's the, what's your uh, handle on the OG? Is, is that what it is? He goes, no, this is, this is what I handle on my OG. I'm like, oh, cool. Random person. <laughs> Thanks for calling in. I'll talk to you later. <laughs> Jay, <laughs> Jay, I'll refrain from, I'll refrain from telling you all the comments in discord about that. Oh, God, yeah. I can only imagine how that went. <laughs> yeah. I could, I could have had like an actual interview with him, a, a famous person. But yes. You know, well, you know, so uh, what are you going to do? I've been trying but to get you him. You know what? Before. I never heard of the guy either. I'm like, yeah. I was just like you. So I, 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 I'll admit it, you know. So you get to blaze away, you guys. Yeah. Well, I don't hate the dude. I just hate that, mo- like, that movie. I couldn't even watch. I didn't even finish the first, the first one. And then the second one, I won't watch. But everyone that's Irish tells me that you need to watch this fucking movie. But I think it's made for like 16-year-old girls. So, (laughs) Hey, Jitsu, did you ever see the documentary about the making of that movie? Uh, No. It's worth seeing. Yeah, because the the director and the writer is such a fucking asshole. Such a douchebag asshole. Yeah, yeah. Isn't he like a creeper fucking pedophile dude or something? I'm not entirely sure what he does on his free time, but uh, on the movie, he was just he just thinks he's hot shit kind of guy, you know. Oh really? Because uh, there was just like some they were like they were like spewing these poetic verses and talking all this Irish stereotype shit. Like I'm one of the few people in my family without the accent. Like my mom was born in Dublin, Ireland. Like they're all fucking crazy Irish. But like, so like, I like making the joke, but like it was it wasn't funny. It was stupid. And then the girls were all like, and this, it's like this cult classic movie that I just don't get it. I, I still, I just, it's one of those things like, you know, like, uh, like, like I give shit on the OG to people who love that Mad Max, uh, Fury Road movie. Yeah. Because it's a good movie, but it's not, it doesn't have a very good storyline. It's visually great, a great movie, you know, but there you go, yep. mm-hmm. there's no storyline to it. It's just them driving through the desert, right? And so yeah, instead yeah. of just taking that critique of it, right, and just going like, it's a great, I said, it's a great visual movie. I don't, you know, I think the Road Warrior 2 is better, right? Or the o- older shit. I want to see Mel Gibson, whatever. Everyone on the OG got so fucking butthurt at me. I've never, like, it's almost as much as my California, when I do my flyover buck shtick on, on the people that hate California. They got so mad about, like, you really need to watch this fucking movie in black and chrome? Like, are you giving, are you fucking kidding me, dude? <laughs> the fuck you need to watch this in black and white for? It's such oh. an epic masterpiece. Fuck off. Dude, it's, I just posted it's, the documentary in Discord, by the way. As, oh, check it, that out. It, Thanks, bro. As a weird side effect of being a Kevin Smith fan and having hung out in his message board, I'm Facebook friends with a whole bunch of people that consider themselves artists. Or, uh, or at least like... Uh, of the not if not necessarily an artist, a connoisseur of film, you know, I don't know how you got that being a Kevin Smith fan, but but that it certainly happened. To, uh, and I hear these people like you know speak on like all the amazing things and you know uh, Fury Road. It's called being, it's called being the pretentious and, douche. Yeah, pretentious yeah, douche. Yeah. That's the word. I am yeah, one. Yeah. I know this. <laughs> yeah, and it irritated the fuck out of me. I'm like, you can't just sit there and watch the movie for what it is. I'm mm. like. Uh, you know, and, and I see one of my friends, uh, God, I hate to say, I'm not going to out him too much. He doesn't listen to the show, so no one's going to be able to identify him. He's a fucking writer for NASA. He writes articles for NASA. That's his job. Uh, he's also like, he's also a writer, writer. He tries to write books and stuff like that. He's a great guy. I like him quite a bit, but you will hear him get so blowhard fucking 
you know, uh, full, just going on and on and on about different movie stuff. You'll watch them. Oh, I was watching like he like he's going on like a uh, rewatch of uh, the West Wing, which he considers the best TV show ever made. Oh, and, like, he, oh and he I keep, fucking hate those. That it's such great dialogue, bro. Yeah, such exactly. So well written. So, so for the last week or two, he's been quoting dialogue and fucking yeah. Well, see, like I, I can do that. I, I can do pretentious douche guy. I'm, I mean, I'm from pretentious douche central, bro. I'm from right ground zero for all this shit, right? So I can right. do, I can sit there and explain to you why this is a great film, and I've done the whole film student thing. I've done the, I've, well, you've heard me. I've done. You saw what I was doing the other day with the music thing, where I was trying to show you some shit that was where, where this is where Sublime and Easy E took this song from. Right, right. I'll right. go down the rabbit hole on that stuff. But it is like at a certain point, I feel like, like even in myself, like at some point you realize, like, oh come on, get like people that aren't into this are gonna think you're a douche. You know, there, there's a pretentious douche factor that comes into that stuff. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I try not to be too much because, like, I'm a writer. I'm, I I do art. I paint. I, so I fucking it's a famous tagger when I was a kid. I was on the front page of the L.A. Times and shit. Um, oh my! But I don't fucking. Were, like the kids that are still doing graffiti art at my age, I think are fucking lames, dude. Like still claiming that Ooh. fame. Like I, I don't know, it's just not my thing, you know. Like I always try not to get. Uh, I think I'm on my own worst critic, you know. Like so, I couldn't do that. I don't. I, I know exactly the guy you're talking about. That's who I went to school with, and that's why I know music because you had to know some like obscure Mr. Bungle song or Sonic Youth song that sucked. If you look back on it now, it sucks, but you had to know this shit be cool in high school otherwise you're lame you know yeah exactly yeah yeah i mean if if, if you ask me what i think about primus and i say anything but primus sucks then obviously i don't know what the fuck's going on yeah exactly exactly. (laughs) like like the film dorks you have to have seen citizen kane or dr strange love um right like i like like a lot of these stupid movies that are you know you have to be clockwork orange you have to quote certain things that like Otherwise, how you don't know this? Oh, everyone well, does that. Well, right. the thing that's amazed me lately is nerd cred is a thing now, like an actual thing. <laughs> yeah, that's that's the thing that see me. That's where I'm at. Dude, I hate it, bro, because I was a nerd. Like I, I'm looking at a wall. I'm looking at a few thousand dollars worth of comic books right now on my wall. Right. 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 And a few grand. And, yeah. And, yeah. And now I get crap because I'm not nerdy enough. I got fucked with my entire life for being nerdy, but now I'm not nerdy enough. Good example of that is I don't give a shit about Doctor Who. (laughs) But yet all my nerd friends think I'm crazy for not liking it. See, that's a British thing that British people grew up with, right? And then the fucking hipster white guy Mm -hmm. uh, that moves from Detroit out to Huntington Beach or Echo Park or something wants to tell you that they like Doctor Who, and now you have to go fucking go the backlog of Doctor Who shit just so you feel like you you're not behind the times or whatever. With you know you're, you have to be up to date or whatever. Yeah, it's, I couldn't get into it. I, I never it's, could. It's Fugazi, one of those bands. Sorry, Fugazi was one of those bands. Oh, fuck, it's like, yeah, waiting yeah. room. Fucking, you had to know the wait waiting room or fucking life and limb. Life and limb. That's still one of my favorite. I still love that song. Yeah, you had to know that stuff, dude. Otherwise. Kick rocks, both. Uh, Bad Religion and Fishbone are the two older. Fishbone's right older than me. They played our quad, and then Bad Religion's like eight or nine years older than us from my school. Mm. 
So you well, had to know. Pretty, yeah, that's pretty respectful. Music, name, dude. Though. Otherwise, you're like. And then Incubus were the ones that played all of our keg parts. They were, and th- so that's the one thing about. I'm proud that Incubus is kind of represents the scene of where we came from, because they were an eclectic band, even if they were when they started. When they started, they got a little bit douchey. Right, right, right. It's well, it's hard to have success like that and not be douchey, really, right? Yeah, they they see you'd have dug their. Well, I don't know if you know their early stuff, Jay, but they like a. Their bass player was their main driving force, right? He was like a hardcore, really good. Like so, their stuff. I like their earlier stuff because it was bass heavy, and then uh, he's the one that liked to make them practice and stuff. Apparently, so they kicked him out of the band. That's when <laughs> I knew he was a cool dude. But they, uh, but they uh, kicked him out once they did like "Wish You Were Here" and blew up. So then they already have their catalog of hits and stuff that he helped them create. And then they could go on. He gets to sit home and collect residuals. I hope he's, you know, I never, I was always wanted to hear him do another band. I don't know if he did, but he was always the one that I felt like, like when they went from a good band to a sucky band was when they kicked him out. Mm, yeah. yeah. You got to be careful of that too. Sometimes it's not even the individual people. It's the magic of them together. So when, if you willy nilly oh, totally. get rid of somebody just because you're having an argument with, with them, you might not be able to recreate it again. I mean, obviously you can probably find a guy that can play the songs that are already there, but it, it, new songs might not come. Like they, uh, th- that's, there's a definitely thing to be said for chemistry. Like you could be the best, well, like you take a, I don't really care to hear Ingwe Malmsteen or Joe Satriani. I'm not a big fan of those guys. Steve Vai, they're great musicians, but I don't have any of their music on like a playlist that I'm listening to, right? Right, exactly. So you, you take those guys, you put those guys in a, you take a, and they're the best, right? That's the most technically great band. Um, they're the most technically great guitar players. They're like, right, yeah, exactly. Rush, I can only listen to a few Rush songs. I love Neil Peart, but. Uh, I can only handle a few Rush songs with that guy's whiny voice, you know? Right, right. I can only handle it for so long, you know? So Lots of bands like that. But would you, uh, but like, you know, so, like, you could not be the best. Like, I, I'm a huge Ramones fan, so those guys can't play for shit. They're fucking great, you know what I mean? Like, I love the Ramones, <laughs> you know? Like, they're, right. they're just perfect. They're four dudes trying to play 50s classic rock and roll, and that's what becomes punk. Because they're just playing it hard and fast. That's like that's why. Like, see, now I'm becoming a pretentious douche about music. Like the way the, but that's that's the thing about why like people love the remotes. You know, it's simple, stripped down. Say when Nirvana was. Right, like right. 15. And 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 you have to get back to that occasionally. Music does work in cycles, and uh, you'll see it go from like that kind of simplistic stuff to really complex stuff. But then it goes back simple again. I firmly believe part of the White Stripes success was the fact that people were just tired of fucking like this crazy, you know, two, three different guitars playing, you know, plus a bass guy. They might have a keyboardist in there. Then the drummer's doing two different tracks. And, you know, fuck all that sometimes. Sometimes you just want to hear a dude jamming out. And that's what all it's the White o- Stripes was. It's overproduced. Over. See, there's some. I, see, and that's what I don't know if that's. So like you like Sly is sitting there on the phone a little while ago and he's, he's with his girls and they're playing some of the most horrid fucking hip hop I've ever heard right right and <laughs> I'm a hip hop kid dude I know fucking hip hop like the way I learned music was going being a hip hop I was always into both but like the way I learned like back 
music was trying to find out where these samples came from. So that's how I got into like Motown and Soul and Sam Cooke and Otis Redding and all that old shit, you know? So uh, that's what I loved about hip hop. The stuff that I hear him playing now is like what I would call their, like hip hop is now hair metal to me. Like modern versions of hip hop. Because it's like, they're still talking about shooting people and they're being a hustler gangster fucking 20 years after the fact, dude. 30 years after the fact. You know what I'm saying? Like, it's it's played out, dude. Like, fucking, give me, like, give me something new, you know? Like, where's the newness or the the evolution of it? Where's the, where's the public enemy? Where's even that, like, type of a thing as opposed to just ignorant shit? And that's what happened with fucking pop music became, like, there's, like, like, there's a, I can post the YouTube video, but, you know, there's, like, it's, like, four Four dudes, like two of them are like Swedish guys that make, write, and produce all the hits for people like Miley Cyrus and, uh, you know, all those type of pop stars, right? It's like four right. old dudes that are writing all these pop songs. Cause, and the, the reason that they're making all that money and writing that stuff is because they grew up on 80s shit that had good harmonies and stuff, right? But now they've overproduced it to the point it sucks. None of it's relative anymore. No. Like, we were talking about MTV before. What's what's relevant, like, that everyone sits there and watches nowadays? Or what thing, like, song does everyone know anymore? Like, there's no song that comes out nowadays that, oh, everyone knows that. Because it was on MTV or on the radio. Right, you know what I mean? Right. Yeah, I, the, I, the last no new time, song, at least. It's always old. The last time I can think of that was an Eminem song. I remember working at a telemarketing company and the boss coming in and singing it. Yeah. Yeah. Uh-huh. And you know, so basically, so basically, the '90s was when that kind of thing went away, where a, a song was so global that everyone knew it. Yeah. So I just, I, I'm waiting for hip hop to get stripped down, and they're like, same with rock. Rock took to the point where it's like, or pop or whatever it is, it mm-hmm. seems like it all genreed out. You know, like, you know, like heavy metal became all these stupid sub genres that were fucking retarded. Like, uh, there's a there's something called Quebec tech death metal out there. <laughs> Yeah, okay, yeah, heard that? Much. yeah. No, I'm glad I haven't heard that. <laughs> Dude, I, there's there's this guy, who do, he does a YouTube channel, right? And he, like, tries to talk about heavy metal and music, right? And they fucking, they get, they're Canadian, so it's understandable, I guess. Uh, they get on there, they fucking talk about every different, this guy was at the height of these obscure genres of music, of, like, um, you know, it's not just, like, black metal anymore, death metal, it's uh, death gore, uh, black death gore metal, like out there shit, you know? Right, right. Power metal, fucking uh, melodic death metal, as opposed to melodic black metal, as opposed to fuck off. Um, when I heard the Quebec tech death metal, this bitch said, like with a straight face, Quebec tech death scene. They were really big in the Quebec tech death scene. At that point, I knew it was like, as if in some Monty Python shit with music, right? Right, it was right. like an obscure. So that's what I feel like has happened to, uh, to fucking everything now. Everything is like some genre, and you know, like you'll see some new someone they're gonna tell you is a star singing some song you're supposed to know on ABC nowadays, but no one knows those songs or those people anymore. Yeah, right. It, like you're on a, you know, like. No, go ahead. I was saying, it is just a weird situation. You know, all, all, the, all the music that you hear 
on a regular basis has been picked out for you by a corporation, you know? And <laughs> no, they use words like that. They, like um, George Carlin does a whole thing on words. You know, they, they curate it for you now, right? Mm-hmm. Exactly. It's been curated for you. Some cheesy fucking, I, and I do marketing. That's why I like you, like I'm sitting here always popping shit. Cause I'm having my mark, uh, my midlife crisis again. Um, and so like I write, creative copy and this kind of shit for people and that's why i hate it it's so fucking fake and phony and like i did for like a lot of uh for like a tech business i don't see a problem with it you know it's when it's it's become everything though they all want to be the cool twitter guy they all want to be have the, the the ironic joke um they all have the same it's just corporate speak of the modern era has gotten like like clownish, you know, it's not like you said, pretentious douche area. Yeah. Yeah. Well, shit. I don't know how we wandered into such a grim topic. We're supposed to be here having a good time. <laughs> I thought you were rapping about music, dude. Sorry, bro. I didn't mean yeah. fucking take it all into some fucking dramatic shit, bro. No, yeah, we, we are rapping about music. That's right. I forgot about that. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, but what I was mentioned about the white stripes is I, I think part of the reason they got so popular was because exactly what you're talking about. People wanted to listen to some simple stuff. Uh, it, oh, it's also because the guy's actually pretty fucking talented too. Uh, but and I got I I fell right into it. I, I there's a whole bunch of White Stripe songs that I like quite a bit, just because I like the simple cadence of it. The you know, the, the garage band feel of it, really. Yeah, he's doing he's ta- he's doing some shit off of like the old Holly stuff. That sound like you're in a garage, and then he's doing he's. He's a student of his of the roots of shit. He's a blues man. He, he likes blues. He understands. Like Jack White's an actual musician. Like the thing about punk, the original, the first, the first wave of punk dies because they all become better musicians. You watch Jack White go from the White Stripes, where he's banging out real simple stuff, and then he slowly, you know, he does a bunch more bands, and he slowly starts getting more into like blues and doing more obscure stuff, less catchy stuff that you're gonna be hearing. This is what happens. Is a lot of those guys. You want to hear that original. You want to hear a guitar riff and some drums, right? And then that's fun. And then you they get famous and make some money, and they want to play. They get better players, and then they become better players. The next thing you know, they got a fucking horn section. <laughs> Did yeah. you ever hear of a band called Farside? Not the rap band, but uh, F A R S I D E. They were from Orange County, I think. Uh, had one of the Rage Against the Machine people. Or I think Zach Rocha used to. Sing for them early in their Mm-mm. career, but it's good stuff anyway. Well, see, like I like um, like you're you're La Jolla. You grew up in La Jolla, correct? So, like, is slightly stupid from down there? I would not know that. But they think so. Like, but you like, okay, so you're well, you're probably you're you might be a little bit old. Okay, was this ska in like all the backyard parties? Like, was there there was like. You know, not sublime, but the stuff before sublime. You know, just like, you know, like there was always like rock and roll, but there would always be like reggae when I would go around surf area, like surf community and shit, you know? People CBA, always wanted you know? to suck Bob Marley's dick. Yeah, there was always Everywhere a lot of Bob been. Marley being played, right? Like there's like Long Beach, they do Bob Marley Day. That was always fun. And, but like, you know, white guys all eats, we just know Bob Marley, right? But then go deeper down it. Like, when you get beach communities or down in like San Diego, whenever I think of that, it's definitely like that sublime sound where they took from, you know, from Orange County all the way down. Whereas up here, 
it's more of a fucking suicidal tendency sound, I'd say. <laughs> fucking, you know. Blink one eighty two played in my alley when they were just just starting to finally make it. Yeah, they're Ooh. from right there, aren't they? And they're from like my mom lives in southern Orange County, like Laguna Laguna Beach. She's down there. They were Poway, I believe, which is sort of a bit inland, but I guess they're considered cool anyway because uh, they made good music and they had them on all the surf videos and stuff. And a lot of oh, yeah. a lot of the whole punk scene came out of surf videos. Like my, right here, anyway. My stepdaughter is a huge Blink One Eighty Two fan. I have no clue why. And she's not exactly <laughs> in the age group to be a Blink Blink One Eighty Two fan, but she certainly is. So I think she's like twenty five. I was uh, I was very upset with them. I was very upset what? with them when they came around because they they kind of they're kind of like the Nirvana Pump from rock. the era that where the way they, the way they 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 whitewashed away all the fucking rap rock. They came around and, and washed away the corns and lip biscuits and everything. And then the next thing you know, it was all Blink One Eighty Two and Good Charlotte and fucking. Uh, some 41 kind of, and yeah all that kind of shit there that's blink 182 sparked all that that phase of everything yeah which i wasn't a big fan of to be honest with you yeah. i wasn't no, a fan a of that that. like i liked blink 182 because when they first start that song girlfriend because they were on um did you ever see like cky2k was the was one of the the ones before they made the tv show jackass that was a video would always be around yeah and then a couple of like he's saying certain Maybe on surf videos or uh, wakeboard videos were cool, um, where they do those or skate videos uh, would have all that shit on there, where and they play a lot of cool underground punk music and stuff. Blink One Eighty Two was one of those bands, and then they blew up, became pop punk, and you know, the rest is history. Unwritten Law is kind of the same way. Yeah, didn't that wasn't that guy like a pedo or some shit? What happened with Unwritten Law? I'm not Isn't entirely that the sure. Band where like the guy went to jail for being a one of those bands. Those SoCal, like Huntington Beach, Orange County, kind of, you know, like they're a punk band, but they can play it. They they have a ska set in there, you know. Like I don't know how to describe it. I guess SoCal punk bands, but yeah, that's. I was just wondering if there was like that when you were. What would that make you? You're like class of '88 or some shit. Yeah, '89, but uh, who's counting? Yeah. Here comes a wife. I am. Hi. I'm counting. (laughs) Sorry. Uh, you guys, you know, you guys talk amongst yourself, dude. I'm fucking cashed at this point, man. <laughs> it's a good time to end the show. No, I mean, no, you guys, you guys will get stuff. Anything else you want to talk about? I'm here for you, man. But I, my brain is fucking done. Uh, how about you, Jits? What else we got? You guys, else you want to talk about here tonight? I'm smoking a 420 bowl, bro. It's only 420 out here by me. It's fucking 80, 85 degrees. I'm in a tank top and some shorts chilling, but. I just thought right. I'd go on and say what's up because I got nothing fucking else to do. Fuck yeah. Let's talk to my Let's fucking wife. Let's keep on going, dude. Then fucking yeah. I'm uh I'm uh I I'm on the Jack Daniels as well as the uh, wax right now, so uh but I'm holding my liquor all right. I'm it's my my stomach's a little uneasy. I'm not sure about like throwing anything else down there at the moment, but we are doing just fine. <laughs> um Dude, oh, did you well, uh crap. Mm-hmm. want me to play some music? Oh yeah, what do you got? Do you remember the band Venom? Yeah. They put out a new album about five years ago, and this is called Long Haired Punks, and I like it.
Venom started black metal. Oh. Apparently. They're the first one. They do the song called Black Metal back in like 82 or 83. I, li I like the uh, um, what I'm looking for uh, the tone they got going on that some of the guitars. Yeah. Yeah. I wonder if my I wonder if my buddy's band. Uh, that's one of my workout ones. It's one of my uh, Spotify. Let's see. Hey, I I I have another uh, one of my other friends' bands. God damn it! There's there's a. A couple songs on YouTube Little that I want to download, but they downloaded the entire album instead of just fucking you know a couple of the songs. So, which is fucking annoying. So I don't think that will work <laughs> as far as like playing for you guys. If I try to play like a thirteen-minute clip, <laughs> see, I usually I'm like most of half the time nowadays I listen to like soft fucking I listen to shit like Warren Zevon and shit, bro. Warren Zevon, holy shit. Yeah, this is some slow. I'm fucking, I'll get all wine drunk and listen to fucking like old, old classic rock and stuff as opposed to like all this kind of like my arch, arch I, shit. I used to do that back in the day. One of my favorite things was just to get drunk and, and uh, pop up the um, fucking music player. God, what was the name of that music player? Uh, it would back it back in like the year 2000 or something. It was amazing. Uh, it was uh, some sort. Of, God, what's the name of it? It was a separate player. Winamp. You remember Winamp? I was yeah. Winamp. Yep. Ah, uh, fuck. I, I used to love Jesus like was talking about Winamp. Yeah. Back then, Someone like getting the different about. graphics going, bouncing, you know, uh, while you're, I just get drunk and watch the graphics while I listen to music in my headphones. It was, you know, a, a sadly good time. If <laughs> you know what I'm saying. <laughs> yeah, it's not. Always, it's not I, what I wanted I, to do with my night, but. Like I said, okay. when I was the thing I miss is I worked at the strip club for so long. I was a fucking vampire. I would my I started my shift at 10 p.m. and I go to mm. I go 10 to four. You usually don't get out till like five, five. Um, and so uh, I miss the music or just like you'd go. I'd start my night up or you start at eight sometimes, you know. But uh, a red Red Bull and vodka and then just it was always the best music because fucking. Strippers and losers, they have the best music. That's why Hell has a better soundtrack than fucking Heaven. That's always been a joke, you know? <laughs> right, right. And so, because uh, that's what that's what they knew. They know, you know? We know music and fucking all the fun stuff. Because that's the people that hang out on the fun side of life. And so, uh, that's why I, I, like, I like all sorts of different music. So, I, I can't just do one song of, like, just stay on metal or stay on anything. Because next up is a, is a hip-hop stripper, you know? And then after that, you're going to get the Marilyn Manson stripper and all that <laughs> stuff, you know? Yeah. So, um, okay. Now I, now, I downloaded a band. Now, this uh, is probably not going to be great quality. I'll warn you guys right now. But this is from, my like, my best friend's band. I, the, uh, the 20 Dead Flower Children I mentioned before, they were friends of mine. But, like, this is the guy, once again, the guy that got me involved in metal and introduced me to all the heavy metal friends and stuff like that. Uh it's going to take a minute to load. It's actually a 13-minute clip, clip, but I'm pretty sure we're not going to listen to all of it. Uh, but this will take a second to go. But then I wanted you guys wanted you to give me a critique of a little bit of it. Come on. You can do it. Do, do, do. Probably take a little bit to load. You know, like the normal ones take about 30 seconds. Here we go. Here we go. 
I know we're supposed to avoid each other, but you know, there's ways to do things and there's ways not to. Fuck you know me. You know. You know me. You know me. You know You know me. What up? You know me. You know, you know. You know me. You know me. Let's go. And remember back to the days of our youth when you worked so hard and you showed no abuse. All right, we'll pause that for a moment. So, first impressions. Well, I'm just trying to think if he likes POD or head PE more. <laughs> I'm not sure either. I honestly, I honestly think that's the Pantera influence for most of that, don't you think? The bass heaviness. I'm trying to think of the bass. That bass is more, uh, definitely more rap rock. That now, uh, now, their bassist at the time for this uh, was definitely the most experienced person in their crew. Once again, he was like 10 years older than everybody else. And he helped teach the guitarist how to play when the guitarist was like 12 and he was dating his guitarist's uh, uh, sister. So it wouldn't surprise me if he had some more, uh, you know, more impressive stuff going on, even though the guitarist is really, really good. Uh, the reason I pause this is because the tone of the uh, song is about to really, really change. Uh, the guitarist likes doing crazy things. Like he plays songs where he will hit the uh, string with a, a, a drumstick instead of using a pick, uh, you know, to, to make it work. He's plays songs where he uses the on and off switch to, uh, to control the notes instead of a pick. You know, just, he, he likes Let's being hear that shit, bro. All right, man, here we go. Juice, you're calling. Yeah. Sure, yeah, dude. Juice, sure. Get your ass in here, bruh. Yeah, we're just critiquing music. What's up on a time? 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 It's good. Yeah, you like it? It's good. It's it's well produced. It's I would say it's of its era. Like, yeah. If it's not. If it's not of the 2000, 2000, 2001 era, then I'm wrong, but I would say it's of its era, right? Oh, yeah, no, you, you were it's correct. It's that era's metal, <laughs> like, cool, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah that, they, this might be a couple years before that. It might have been 98 or something, but you pretty okay. much got it right around the right, uh, correct uh, time frame. Um, what do you think, Juice? It was when you mentioned Venom, wasn't there a band that, <clears throat> there was a band that uh, people were debating was the real like godfathers of metal, like kind of the Black Sabbath era. They had a documentary about them. Uh, fuck. See, I'm brain farting. That's why I had to call in. You, don't, you um, remember Jiu-Jitsu? I, I know of what you speak. I can't think of the band's no, name not, right now. 
not not Diamond Head, which I would actually admit is. No, I didn't say Diamond Head. No, no, I was looking at the chat. Sly Dog mentioned him. God, fucking brain farting. I'll remember (laughs) at two in the morning and fucking put on the one. I'm trying to find this. I have, I, I might have it because there's also a band called Lucifer. That does from that era that does, but they're soft rock. They do a satanic ritual or some shit. There's a couple oh, of Satan oh. bands Wait, from back so in that era. Ve- that are- was ve- did Venom have a different singer before? There were two Venoms. What do you call it? Uh, because there's a Venom. Because the Venom that's the famous one is the one in from from what they're like European. I'm pretty sure. Right, I think I'm pretty sure Venom's European, the one that sings black metal in uh, on in 1982 or whatever, and that's and then Celtic Frost comes after that, and Merciful Fate, and uh, a lot of those guys start doing the black metal thing. Is it Lucifer's friend? God damn it! It's gonna fucking bug me. I always wanted to name Sir Lord Baltimore. Sir Lord Baltimore. I always wanted to name my band 668, Neighbor of the Beast. This is 1960. Anvil. 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 Yeah, totally. But weren't they later? They were They were more... Yeah, maybe they were. Anvil's 80s. But, uh... Okay. All right. Then you had Death, the, a band called Death. Which yeah, weren't, was, they, uh, weren't they some black the guys? black guys. Yeah, 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 yeah. They they were pretty re- revolutionary at the time, huh? Yeah. All right, I'm gonna go ahead and play off the rest of the song just because I'm curious as to what the next one is. If the next one isn't good, we'll we'll, we'll stop here. But I'm curious as to what the next. The, the guy downloaded 13 minutes of the album with no breaks in between them. So, but I couldn't find any of the songs as singles, so I went with this. Jesus Christ, homeboy, just call in. (laughs) All right, let's see what's next. Is that a record scratch? There's no goal in life. Deliver me into a world consumed in pain and strife. I often wonder what kind of life a person lives. The only question is truly who gives a fuck? Yeah. It's gonna get weird, guys. See, like, I think this is one of their weaker songs, but I could be wrong. Yeah, see, I mean, I, and I think that's part of their problem is they, they went a little bit too much Pantera, Pantera-y in a lot of their songs. And I won't play anymore, but you guys get the idea. But at one point, people thought they were going places. A lot of a lot of bands thought they were going a lot of places back in the day. I've seen a lot of bands <laughs> that you you're like, what the fuck happened to those guys? Like, um, <clears throat> I sent I sent you your, uh, this this uh, band this morning, and they were called the Breakestra. I thought these guys were gonna fucking blow up, dude. They were 
the house band at a, a nightclub in Hollywood off Melrose. It was like a fucking badass club called the Root Down. And they played like the best music like for a hip hop club. It wasn't like they didn't play any type of gangster rap or shit. They, it was all like more like Tribe Called Quest kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. Uh, and they were just it was like a cool spot. It was it was known it was happening. It was, you know, it was what was up at the time. Fucking they were the house band and live. These guys were fucking epic, dude, because they would do um, I wonder if I get the, they would do like covers of old bands. They're an orchestra, right? So they're doing hip hop songs, but as an orchestra or they're doing old, like soul songs or rock songs as an orchestra. It was all hip hop oriented. So it was, um, it's really unique. Blessed you know? is best, baby. Who's the best featherweight to ever do it? Fuck you, Calvin Qatar. Volkanovsky, I'm coming for you, motherfucker. You motherfucker. Max, baby, what's going on, Max? <laughs> How'd you like my performance, eh? That How'd was you like my performance, Holmes? That was pretty spectacular, man. I was I was very much impressed. I don't think I don't think you lost a single round, and I think you might have got a couple ten eights during that as well. That was pretty fucking impressive. That's right, baby, and I'm ready for Conor McFucking Gregor, or I'm ready for Dustin Poirier. Come on, put me in there, motherfucker. Oh, wow, yeah. yeah. I can't, I can't, I can't say that, uh, I can't say that, that you're wrong. You look really great, and I was wondering about that because you know, um, you, people do Hell. slow down. You're still a young guy, but you know, uh, I was, you know, I was, I was put just, me in there against, happy about it. Put me in there against Jay Jitsu, Holmes. <laughs> I'm not sure about that, man. He's got some serious skills, man. And you don't, you don't want to fuck up Spicoli. <laughs> nah, you know what, eh? Hey, thanks for having the fight companion homes and everything. You know, I feel good. You know, my hands hurt. Oh yeah, I would imagine so, and you probably your knees as well. Um, fuck, I need some ice, eh? I need yeah, some ice, yeah. homes. Fucking yeah, yeah, hell, my hands hurt. Yeah, and I, uh, uh, God damn, bro. Well, Anyways, you calling in, but you should probably be taking care of yourself right now. You know, you, we can always talk some. We can always talk tomorrow, man. I mean, are, are you? Did you have to go to the hospital for a checkup or anything like that? No, uh, fuck that shit, Holmes. I went they, to the ambulance. I put it in the center of the ambulance. I said, "Fuck you, eh? I ain't going in there, Holmes. No way." <laughs> Uh, so, are you enjoying being on Fight Island? I mean, are now do you have to stick around? You're going right home. Are you going to watch the? Are you going to stick around and watch the fights? I mean, I mean, you know, it's a beautiful place. You might as well enjoy a couple of vacation I'm days, at, right? I'm actually riding a dolphin right now, Holmes. Oh wow, that was quick. Yeah, I guess you didn't hey. take any damage. You know, so straight from fighting uh, Qatar to riding dolphins. <laughs> That's right, eh? And I gotta say. Now, hey, Flipper, calm down, Holmes. We're, we're, we're leaving right now. I'm going to ride off into the sunset, literally. <laughs> oh, fuck. F- fuck taking a plane ride, right? You're just going to ride a dolphin back to Hawaii. <laughs> fuck that. Yeah, That's right, more- eh? oh, Like oh, Moana, oh. Holmes. Anyways, thank you for uh, for the fight companion. Thank you, everybody here. And uh, I'll see you guys later, Holmes. All righty. Thanks for calling in, everybody. That was Maxi, baby. Woo! Jesus Christ. Home. Thank you. Yeah, anybody have some fucking ice? 
right, get the fuck out of here, Maxi. Pinche ice. Yeah, pinche ice, ice, man. Pinche ice, bro. Pinche ice, Hoto. I don't know if that works right. Pinche Hoto, it's everywhere, bro. Works around. Pinche Hoto Vandego. I, I get told that a lot. I, I think it means you're a really cool, tall guy. I, that, that's what they told me at, at, at work. Pinche Hoto Grande. Pinche Hoto Vandego. That's 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 please that's please move, tall guy. I think, from what I understand. Oh yeah. It's. Yeah, don't break me of my delusions. I need them at work. I, I constantly Do they call you a Mary Cohen also? I don't know. Here's the thing. They talk a lot about me, I think, I, but I can't tell for sure because it's all in Spanish. But, gay, bro. <laughs> I, mean, I get along with everybody there, but I Hoto swear to God. Vandego? Is that what you said? Hoto Vandego? He called, no, Pinche Hoto Vandego. Fucking Gay Guido? Fucking gay Dago? Fucking <laughs> gay Dago, bro. Oh, shit. They're fucking oh, you up, homie. That's... I don't know if I let that stand, bro. I tell them, watch some expectations, you fuck. Oh, that's, that's, that's disappointing. Wow, I, I thought that meant something way better. Um, No, but you know what I'm going to do? Fucking gay fucking lot, dude. That's what they're calling you. <laughs> That's funny. One of the cooks did ask if I was gay. Well, asked somebody else that I, if I was gay at some point. I'm like, no. And he was like, no, he's not gay. He's fucking married. <laughs> I'm like, well, so that's what they think of me over in the kitchen. I'm little white lovers, apparently. Go, next time you see them, you go in there and go, hey, Ben Decos. That's all you got to do. You say, hey, Ben Decos. Hey, Ben Decos? Yeah. What's, what's that mean? Say it. Do it. Hey, hey. Ben Decos. Hey, orale, pendeco. What I'm going to do is uh, Waverly Labs has this device. So I can't remember what it's called, but you put it in your ear and you turn it on and it translates shit for you. It's like that's where we're, that's where we've reached for the technology right now. Um, and it's what it's supposed you're, to be. You're not serious, though, right? You're not you don't you don't seriously think. You're not serious that they were calling you a fucking kid. No, they're not calling me that, Because no. if they were, I, I can give you stuff that. to say back. I can give you all sorts of oh. cool things to say. I don't know if we should put them on air. No, no, no. Those, those are all words. I can give you, can give you uh, ammunition. Uh, I do speak Spanglish. Spanglish. No, those are all words I've heard them say when they're angry, but they weren't directed at me. Uh, however, I still want to... Waverly, device, Waverly Labs has this little device that you put in your ear that translates languages. Now, the thing is, you're supposed to buy two and then you give it to someone else and you each put one in your ear and then you speak your native language and they translate them back and forth. That's not what I'm going to do. I'm just going to buy one, set it for Spanish and put it in my ear. So when they yeah, when I walk by yeah, them and they start speaking in Spanish. Who are you calling a yeah. loco, Exactly. Gavacho yeah. loco, Holmes. Don't you know? Don't you, you know, know what I'm I'm loco. Do they call you Gavacho? I don't know, really. Gavacho <laughs> is what they call white people when they don't want. It's white piece of shit. But oh no, the uh, most, it's most they call they call you a white guy when they don't want to call you a gringo. Uh, like when they're talking about you right in right. front of your face, making mm. fun of you. Yeah, that's why I feel like hey, Pinche Gavacho. And they they, they make jokes saying because you think you're expecting to hear gringo somewhere in that right 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 and uh i, I know that you know, they like making fun of how tall i am like one of their favorite things is to come up and stand behind me like back to back 
<laughs> and then and then their friends are all laugh. And I know they make fun of my laugh too, because because I'll laugh. Never even laugh. But that's all right. I worked Grande. for years. None of it. None, none of it's malicious. I I guess they just find me entertain, entertaining. I mean, yeah, not in your face. They're never going to be. They're not going to. I mean, well, yeah, they will make fun of you in front of your face. You don't know. Right. You'll exactly. be the butt of the joke, and then you just don't know it, man. Yeah, there's not, not much you can do about it, really. Yeah, it's just the way it is. Not, not unless you learn Spanish, learn how to cuss back. Uh, Spanish would be a useful uh, language to learn, I suppose. Uh, I see a, a, occasionally on different job descriptions, you know, being Spanish is like a, a requirement for this job. I'm like, oh, well, okay. Well, I don't really want to work at Taco Bell, so we're not we're not going to worry about that. <laughs> <laughs> Um, but yeah, so, uh, but I actually, if I was going to learn a language, the one I'd really like to learn would be Japanese. Um, but from what I understand, that's pretty fucking hard. I heard, uh, well, yeah, I heard ja- Japanese is really hard, but I heard, uh, I heard other languages aren't as hard as English. So like we're all sitting there thinking it's going to be harder than it is, but other languages actually aren't as difficult because English has so many different words and connotations and all that stuff. This is what I've been told. I haven't truly tried it myself. I have Rosetta Stone Spanish. Uh, I know how to cuss in Spanish. (laughs) No, I took like one one Spanish class and one French class, like languages in middle school, and none of it stuck and seemed to make any sense at all, so I never tried to to pursue it any further because I don't think languages are for me. I got to see the year I took in like ninth grade or whatever. Like I know how to say Mayamo S J Jitsu. I know how to say uh Jitsu S Homeboy eighty eight to Poppy. No, I don't think that's wrong. I don't think I didn't connotate that right. Oh, I know how to say Poppy is your daddy. um I know how to say El Porte, which means the door. Um, la bicicleta es verde. Boom. Oh. that, bro. Uh, el porte. It means the door. That's all I got, dude. That's my entire Spanish language. El and porte. I mean, I could say... Chinga tu madre puta. Chupa mi verga. Ese. Would I just say that? I don't know. Ese, I know, means like, hello, friend. Um, but uh, other than that, fuck your mother, whore. Suck uh, my dick. That's what I said, Jay. Because you know what? I speak Spanglish and nothing else. <laughs> that seems so very hostile. Take care, es líneas. Huh? That means yeah, I want a line. I want a line. Oh, man. Ah, uh, there you go. Now you're speaking my language. God damn it, dude. I used to love doing drugs. Why do drugs have to be so fucking bad for you, dude? God, I miss drugs. Yeah, you too, huh? Yeah, I had so much fun. I miss, I miss my life. She stole my youth, bro. She stole my life. I uh, See, I didn't get married until like four years ago, so I, I did it the right way. I, I, I wasted my life my way. Um, But yeah, dude, I mean, I mean, people always talk about how drugs ruins lives. And yes, it does. There's plenty of examples out there. But there's also plenty of examples of people having a great time on drugs. You know, uh, I had great times on almost every drug I've ever had. I've never had a super bad trip. I had a couple acid trips that didn't go as well as I would like to them, but I couldn't call them a bad trip. 
You know, the so people don't like rob their parents and crash their car and fucking ruin their life. What about all the people that don't? You know? Yeah. Yeah, we don't. We should get some credit. Apparently, it's hard. You know, the like, way oh, I because I didn't become a complete fuck up. I don't have to go be to AA meetings and become an evangelical Christian, right? Because yeah. I knew to you know, I partied. I I don't know if you've heard any of my stories, but I've got some good ones, and I got down in Hollywood the way you should. If you're if you're living here. Uh, you should have those stories, I would say. Right. I have right. those stories. Right. And, I, I, but I didn't have to go to rehab. I mean, I went to jail a couple times, but you know that happens. <laughs> yeah, I even dodged that bullet. I never, I've never been to jail for anything, knock on wood. I mean, there's been a couple few times when I should have, but a lot of stuff that happened, I've never caught carrying any heavy drugs. And, you know, the couple times I was caught with weed, that was back in the day where, you know, that. It, it's such a small Dude, I amount. I got a ticket one time while making shit. a dime bag. I was making a I'll dime make bag. One. Cops <laughs> rolled up on me. I was smoking a joint, making a dime bag, put the joint out. Cops gave me a fucking ticket, 300 bucks. God, I love you. And I'm saying, you're coming for me, you sucks. Yeah, fuck you, bro. That was like <laughs> 95. Yeah. Yeah, that, that's even before uh, you guys' is, uh, fucking, you know, um, legality stuff. So, yeah. Um, yeah, and I never yeah, had no, that happen. Just how chill there is always kind of, it was decriminalized. It wasn't so, like, it was, uh, it was a ticket. It was always just a ticket, anything under an ounce. Right. Yeah, I'm, I've, I had, I've had to throw a, throw a, ball, a bowl away before because like, the... Uh, you're walking down the street uh, at two in the morning. You got a bowl in your pocket if you're two buddies wandering around because fucking it's summer and you got absolutely goddamn nothing to do. You see the cop drive down the road and then stop and make a U-turn. <laughs> you know what's about to go down. So, you know, I, uh, I threw my bowl into the grass uh, of the yard that we happened to be on, you know, and me and one guy just kept on walking while my third friend ran like a motherfucker. <laughs> So, oh, dude, my buddy out. totally got me busted doing that once, fucker. Yeah, that's what, that's what happened to me. We got busted. I had nothing ever happened to me, but I did ride around in a fucking cop car for about four hours while we tried to find him because they're like, why'd your friend run? I'm like, I have no clue. It's like, well, you're going to be with us until we find out why he ran. So, so that wasn't, oh, they dude. never did catch him. They just, you know, let us go after Vice arrested me one time. I had a warrant. Um, so, like, my buddy was drinking a beer. He, he didn't live that far from the bar so he jumps in my car with the open container i don't even realize he's got the fucking thing i'm driving up to the bar down a back alley they see him swigging off a beer open container in a car so they swoop on us thinking we're some skinhead meth dealer guys and when it turns out that hey no dickhead we're not i had a fucking warrant for some other nonsense so i go in the i got to go I wasn't a big enough of a bust for them. So I got to sit in the back of the car while they went and fucking busted hookers all night. It was great. Oh, great. <laughs> did they let you go but, at the end of it or did you go to the jail? Yeah, dude, the I, actually, this is why I need the Spicoli voice for this. I sat there <laughs> fucking, I had just gotten paid. I paid the 350 bucks off of the warrant, fucking made it. Back to the fucking bar for last call. Had a beer with everyone. Fuck yeah, bro. Fuck. <laughs> I'm smoking a bomb rip to that. Woohoo. Yeah, now, uh, and 
it's interesting. I'm sure LA has way, way more of these types of uh, places than Detroit ever did. But, uh, when we were talking about like watching bands and going to bars and having a good time, I started thinking about like the weird places that Detroit has. And I think the weirdest one of all that I've ever been to was a place called city club. Um, and the reason City Club was weird to me is because if you didn't know what City Club was, you were never going to City Club. I've never seen an advertisement. There are no signs on the building. It's in the basement <laughs> of a Ramada hotel in, in Detroit, like a thir- like an old Ramada that's like 14 stories or something like that. But if you go around in the back, down a set of stairs, and then open it up uh, uh, the door, there's fucking City Club. And it was always kind of like a, a goth place, goth industrial almost. Um yeah, like we had uh, yeah. we we have a we had there's a lot of places like that. Our one one of them that reminds me of kind of a place called Dragonfly. Go ahead. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And like uh, one of my friends put it best. Uh, he said he walked in and there was a whole bunch of dudes that looked like they'd fallen face first into a box of uh, fishing tackle. <laughs> I'm like, yeah, that's a pretty good description of a lot of them. Lots of black, you know, lots of gothy. Uh, Almost the, the place is lit almost entirely by candles, which always seemed, struck me as kind of unsafe. Uh, but it was just an interesting crowd. Um, and I've been to Dude, other I, places that were like that, but not so like over the top ish. Uh, um, see, I love that. that I love those vibes of clubs. This is that was the cool. That's the cool thing about like. I mean, like you said most of the stuff I talk about on here is reminiscing because I was a wild man when I was younger, and now I'm a married kid, kid right? Mm-hmm. Um, so. But, and like I said, I, I do a lot of the stuff because I wanted to be a writer or whatever. So I look at it that kind of storyteller way. The vibe, if you ever watch like Swingers, um, like they go to, into the Dresden, right? And that's a famous place where they're going to go meet up and, and they have this, there's this old couple that's sitting there playing uh, a keyboard and, and a drum. And they're still there, this, this, this old couple. They're still there 30, 20 years later been there forever um and there are all these like weird funky places like that throughout la so like you know the place called davy wayne uh good times at davy wayne's that you walk up and it looks like the back like you're walking into someone's garage and then like you open the door like you'd be going into the kitchen and then you walk into a bar and it's just fucking cool you know yeah and, and Detroit love- has a lot more places as well but i'm not familiar with a ton of them I loved the goth places though when I was younger. So like, we had we had a hotel cafe. There's another one. It's not hotel cafe. It's still around. I forget the name of it. Uh, well, knitting factory was a bit gothy. Then you had Dragonfly on Thursday nights. Was always like you go there and there would be like, it was something out of like a a fucking well something out of a rap rock video, dude. Because it was like you'd see dudes in like. Like long hair is with all the fucking piercings and stuff. Did you ever get the guys out there wearing the big fur coats? Well, like yeah, Kid Rock did it. You know the yeah. big those big mink fur coats. You had a yeah, couple yeah. dudes that were fucking rocking those, that, trying to rock that style for a minute. Remember, I remember. And then like all the like yeah, the fishnet static X look. The Jenko jeans didn't really hit. We didn't. No, I didn't. That was the younger kids. I didn't really go come across a lot of that. The the Jenko, the super baggy. Yeah, so many to think. Yeah, I'm, you know, me and my friends, we were just classic rockers. So jeans, t-shirt, yeah. leather jacket. You know. So, but see, I love the when you went to a club like what you're saying though is when you went to a club that would have like 
candles and a cool vibe and music that you normally wouldn't play, but it fit, you know, and like right it's the stuff I miss about going to a club. Maybe not actually sitting at that club that all that whole night. You know what I mean? It might not be as great look as it. It might. It's probably better in your mind eye than what it actually was. You know. But the time when it's all new, that shit was cool. You mm-hmm. know, I love going into the golf, especially the golf stuff. Because I worked for my the porn company I worked for. The owner was a Satan worshiper. He was in the he wrote his own satanic Bible even at some at one point, and his band was oh, all right. about that stuff. If you look up Society One, here I'll play you. you want me to play you my old band, my old boss's band? Sure, fuck why not? Yeah, um, he, he was and- he was all on MTV doing the porn to rap thing. And, uh, he, that sounds interesting. Yeah. Um, now, like another, while you're doing that, uh, uh, there was another uh, bar that I thought that had kind of the same vibe, but different. Uh, as most of you guys know, uh, Detroit is the birthplace of techno, and uh, one of the I, I think I got I think I got the name of the bar right. One of the places where techno got started and was very big back in the day was a place called like the Motor City Lounge. Um, yeah. Well, is, is that where the guys who did the aren't the people who did like James Brown is dead or the Twilight Zone? Those are like the two ones that were on MTV back in the day. But I think they were the De- Detroit is where techno comes from. That's what I always. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And uh, one of my friends was pretty big into the scene. He played there on like Tuesday nights, which is like their weakest night. But at least he was playing at a world famous techno pl- uh, place. So, so he had that cred behind him. Uh, and it was once again, uh, it's the motor city lounge is like divided up into like four or five different rooms. Like each of them, like with different, a couple steps in between them. So you like walk up two or three steps, then you're in another room and lots of booths. And it was always very dimly lit for being a techno place. It didn't seem like it had much of a dance floor, if I remember correctly, but I was only been there a couple of times and I was really, really fucked up, but it had, it had felt like a really unique atmosphere, um, possibly because of the techno thing, uh, or whatever well, that um, original techno i remember like you said the detroit techno or whatever that james brown is dead and right uh, twilight zone all that stuff was fucking a harder there was a hardness to it back then too mm-hmm. uh, yeah 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 and now uh another another band uh not a band excuse me another place i went to that had a really unique feeling to it was called uh, the shelter and this was in the basement of st andrews hall uh anyone who's ever watched eight miles familiar with st andrews hall um okay you know, it's uh, and it this was it's Sanders Hall for people that aren't familiar with it. It's a venue holds maybe two, three thousand people. It's uh, a medium size, I would call it. Um, great place to see a show, but in the basement of it, they have another bar. It's just called the Underground, uh, and it's a basement. You know, they, they have a couple bars set up, and it's two or three rooms, and uh, sometimes they'll have some weird fucking band playing in a corner or something. But it was just one of those unique vibes to it, and. That was how I knew that uh, Eight Mile was full of shit, because you know, because uh, in the basement's also where the bathrooms are. So the when I saw um, Eminem in the bathroom of the uh, St. Andrews Hall puking his guts out and stuff, I'm like, that's bullshit. I've puked in that bathroom. It looks nothing like that. <laughs> yeah, dude. Well, it's always a like I love. Well, see, so you do what I do when you see something from where you're from, you know. Hey, that's not how that would go, or that—that's not where that would be, you know. Like exactly, yeah. We call. Well, do they so like? Because Detroit is also rock city. What's up with like the Iggy and the Stooges and like? Is it MC Five from Detroit also? Yes, yes, they are. Oh, yeah, Detroit. 
Detroit has a, a rich musical history in a whole bunch of uh, uh, different ways. Um, however, is that, is have, that I, like celebrated? Because, you know, I mean, obviously Detroit is very uh, more Motown, I would say. Yeah, yeah. Know, oh, yeah. Like, but you see it all represented. Unfortunately, I'm not going to be able to talk about it because I just got a message pop up that says that each live session is limited to 120 minutes. This session will end in two minutes. So right now we've probably got about a minute. Uh, I, I think all we're right, done. Man. What do you think? Yeah. Peace out, brother. Have a good one, dude. All right. Dude, really appreciate you calling and, uh, and bringing us through the second hour here. I want to thank everybody who called in and listened to both the sh shows. I think that's, what, five hours we did today? So that's good. Uh, I'm not coming back till Wednesday, so don't listen for me tomorrow. <laughs> Until then. Oh, yeah, uh, bro. <laughs> Free base <laughs> and wax. Woo! You guys have a great night. We'll see you everybody on Wednesday.